digging the Rock and Roll Heaven podcast with LD, Will the Thrill, and TJ2. Hey guys, welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. I am your host, LD, along with me for the ride, as always, is TJ2, the deuce. Oh, we're sipping now, are we? Did we just forego the, the opening? Um, well, I figured since um, I very uh, unprofessionally fell asleep during our last recording, <laughs> uh, that I would uh, change things up a little at the outset, so I'm actually drinking a cup of coffee. Oh. Um, oh, wow. But, so, yeah. But in, keep, so, but in keeping with our tradition, uh, it is uh, Charleston Coffee Roasters Breakfast Blend. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you guys are just tuning in, uh, TJ to the Deuce passed out in the middle of episode 15 of Michael Jackson. Yeah. Which was um, uh, great. Which, Nobody uh, noticed. Nobody yeah. Noticed. I was going to say, which, you know, maybe that most people would take that as a hint. But you, you don't apparently. Nope, um, I power. I power through. I'm a power professional. right on through it. And I, I I went back and listened to it. I disappeared at minute sixty nine. <laughs> really? Uh, it was funny because you you <laughs> we we noticed it. I, I noticed something because there was a guy named Bone B O N E, and I'm like, mm-hmm. if I say this, my brother's gonna make a joke. And at and, that point, when you didn't, I was like, hmm, maybe he's asleep. Yes. Well. Uh, what happened there is uh, I'd been awake for 21 hours, I think, at the time, and I'd slept, gosh, a good 12 hours last three nights combined. <laughs> yeah. And I was, you, I mean, you could tell at the outset I was gassed. Y'all took wagers on, like, when I was going to fall asleep. And I, I won. I won. And you won. And you, beat, yeah, you nailed it. I beat our other host, Mr. Will the Thrill. Greetings and salutations. And what are you drinking, sweetheart? Ooh, oh, go! Oh, that sounded nice. That did that sound a good. One. That did sound that good. That sounded like a that sounded like a fat guy in ski boots kicking a screen door. <laughs> is the, very specific. It is, and the brewery is, of course, LD's favorite, the Belching Beaver. <laughs> hmm. And how All is right. that one? It's I've enjoyable. It is not in a. It's not an abrasive IPA, so it's. Yes. The, I don't like obnoxiously side. hoppy IPAs, no, but no, if no, you no. cut it with a little citrus or something, a nice mellow one, they're nice. It's a very even one, and I enjoy it. Well, excellent. All right. Well, uh, I think before we get started, we do have one passing to announce, and I will hand that over to the Deuce. Yes, yes. Um, Very sad. We saw the other day that C.W. McCall had passed away, and I apologize. I don't have the story right in front of me. That was actually not his name. That was a sort of a stage name he took on. I think his last name was Freese or Fries. Bill Fries, maybe you could look it up, but so this guy started off as like a radio ad man and he was trying to do some attention getting like radio spots. So he started writing little jingles and songs and they kind of dealt with like truckers and CBs and stuff. And he ends up recording uh, an entire song based on those two things, trucking and CBs uh, called Convoy. And that ended up being a number one country hit and a crossover number one pop hit. And then he had a bunch of other uh, hits after that on the country charts, I think. And uh, I think he was 93. So, you know, good, good, well-lived life. But uh, we were certainly sad to see that. Godspeed, Robert Up. Um, and then um, before we get into 
our slap nuts. Will, would you like to talk about our sponsor for this show? It's funny that I won't say it's funny. It's it's sad that, you know, with his passing, his big song was Convoy. And actually on this week's episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver did an episode on trucking. And so he actually oh, wow. brought up the song Convoy. And there was like, oh, an, nice. like talk, talked about like within that culture, like in the 70s, like a subculture of truckers popped Mm -hmm. up. So there was like CB radios and the trucker fashion and music and shows like, oh God, I'm going to say it. And Will's going to cry because we can't find it anywhere. BJ and the bear. BJ and the bear. Oh, that was, I love BJ and the bear. We've never been able to watch it. CBs and trucker hats and, you know, um, truck stop speed and lot lizards and the cloud. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Will you give me time to fill? What would you have me do? <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I can't be mad at that. Are, are you? Are you? Are you doing a goodwill? I'm. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, then. Then by all means, take it away. Okay. Yes, please. Please play something other than what we just did. <laughs> I. I will do my best to distract our audience from whatever just happened. Uh, this is, of course, from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I think we can all agree that everyone needs a little help sometimes. Hey, I'm someone who needed some help. I just didn't know what kind of help. The reality of it is we spend a lot of hours working on our careers, our bodies, our diets, our books we read, but how many of us actually stop and think about our mental health? Well, if you're anything like me, it was a long time coming. Like a lot of people, I did all those things, and at the end of the day, I still wasn't happy. There was something missing in my life. I couldn't figure it out. And the worst part was I couldn't talk to anybody. And we were in the middle of a global pandemic, and that's where I was feeling pretty isolated. And that is where I found BetterHelp. BetterHelp allows you to get the specific help you need for whatever is eating away at you. They can ask you a series of questions to set you up with the right therapist virtually. That's right. Their sessions are virtual, and you can talk about anything you want, big things, small things. The point is that BetterHelp will find a counselor that suits your needs, and you can be set up to communicate with a licensed therapist in just 48 hours. That's pretty remarkable. Plus, you don't have to go around looking for parking or trying to find an office or dealing with LA traffic. It's just a nightmare. BetterHelp can all happen from the comfort of your own home. And I can tell you that BetterHelp has been a game changer for me and millions of other people. It can be a game changer in your life as well. And that's why we have a special offer for you, our listeners here on Rock and Roll Heaven. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp. All you need to do is go to betterhelp.com and enter our code ROCKHEAVEN. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash ROCKHEAVEN. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast and for helping me. Better help, better life. All right. Thank you so much, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this. And guys, really, like it's a great offer. And even if you're on the fence about whether or not you need a professional, try it out for a month and you'll find that it's not, there's not the stigma attached to it anymore. Maybe you just need an outlet for someone to talk to, uh, you know, that you're, you really don't have that outlet anywhere else. It's always just a good place to turn to. Hey, and I'll tell you, I actually have seen a couple of their, uh, since, since they began you know, sponsoring our podcast, I've seen uh, some TV commercials of theirs, and there's there's one I have that's fantastic. It's the guy on the, uh, he's, he's lifting weights, he's on the bench, and he's got too much weight. And the guy comes up and says, hey, man, do you want me to help you with that? No, 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 I'm good. 
are, are you sure? I mean, that, that, I mean, that, that doesn't, that looks, I mean, it's like, it's going to crush you. He said, no, you don't understand how my family is. I, I can't take help, but it's, but that really, that, that kind of hammers the, the message home. And, you know, we have, you know, somebody that's part of this podcast. that's actually used the service and told you about it. So yeah, like I said, if that's something you feel like you might need, check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. T, would you like to tell our listeners what we are doing today? Absolutely, Chairman. So um, we are taking a bit of a break from the Michael Jackson series because really we feel like we should extend it in some way. It's It's been so lacking in content and, and heft and depth and length and episodes <laughs> that we felt like we're going to artificially pork it out a little bit you know so uh we're, we're doing uh one of our slap nuts episodes and uh if you're new to the podcast what we do with these is we take a break from dealing with a specific artist because frankly this we we love doing the show and we love music and we love the people we, we cover but you know every series is going to end the same way unfortunately and that's a little dark and sad so we like to keep it light and fun. So about once a month, we do a non-topic uh, episode or, or not specific one artist anyway. And we deal with goofy lists, uh, funny rankings, uh, dumb debates, just just silly fun stuff. And we call it Slap Nuts. Slap Nuts. And it's, a chance for, it's a chance for people to really get to know us, you know, as the hosts of this, you know, we're not just up here talking about, you know, dead musicians. I mean, that's what we do, but at the same time, you know, it gives us a common ground. And I, I believe all of these have come from requests, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and here's the thing, mama, mama needed a break. I've been writing, I've been writing about Michael Jackson for uh, more than 16 weeks now. Uh, we are probably at about six months and I'm tired and I needed a break and I got through part of episode 16 and I think I just hit a wall where I'm like, I just can't, I, 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 uh, and just, I called an audible and I'm like, let's just do the slap nuts now because I just needed a small break and I'm working on Pictionary right now. And if you're living in the Southern California area and you want to be on Pictionary, uh, I'll put the link for the application in the show notes please feel free to apply for the show it's going to be a lot of fun it's hosted by jerry o'connell but uh with that show it is a lot of work doing the casting and so i don't have a lot of free time and uh so this actually gives me a little bit of time to breathe yeah so as always we uh have a couple of we have three topics all right so what are the three things that we are talking about today so we are going to tackle our favorite TV theme songs. We are going to discuss uh, our favorite award show moments. And we are doing an exercise where uh, if, you, if you follow us on social media, you, you may have seen a video that I shot in my office next to a frighteningly, ridiculously large pile of paperwork on my desk, which actually triggers some people, I have found. <laughs> that, that, okay, seriously? That looks like it is a scene from a movie in which the, you know, the, the cops walk into a, a hoarder's house and mm -hmm. like find the body. Like that stack of papers is giving me and, anxiety. Yes. And a, yes. And a, gri and a grizzled and a grizzled old veteran of the force goes, Oh my God. And puts a cigarette out. Right. And puts a cigarette out. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> but anyway, so, I actually wrote down every musical genre I could think of on a slip of paper, put them in a hat, pulled them out, 
and assigned each of us a 20 song playlist. Now, my hope was that I would either pick something that was perfectly in everybody's wheelhouse. You know, I was going to get one of the country topics or heavy metal and Will the Thrill was going to get grunge and Eldu was going to get show tunes. And we were going to have like three banging 20 song playlists or I would pick something that was a horribly ill fit for all of us. So I would get show tunes and LD would get like alt country or something. And it would have been laughably, laughably bad. Yes. And we kind of didn't get either. It was kind of like, yeah, well, I, yeah, I kind of, I could probably do that. I think so, uh, somewhere that, in the middle. That, yeah. Yeah. that exercise might, that exercise might suck. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit it, but like we'll have three different hats. Perhaps. You know, you'll pick, anyway, you'll pick so like I, five and like five genres that I'd be really good at and five genres I'd be terrible at and then then pick. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll do that one a little later. We're actually going to start with our favorite TV theme songs. Ooh. Yes. Which is a, a dead lost art, sadly. It really is. It's so sad. Like shows now may or may not even have an intro song. No, they like just kind of could just have like. It just could have like a cold open with some uh, like credits and that's there, it. There are some, and I have one on my list that we can discuss. All right. Well, who wants to go first? I'm going to nominate Will. Okay. Oh, okay All right. Then. Mr. Will the Thrill. Let's I... hear your five TV theme songs and then tell me which one you are going to bless us with vocally. <laughs> vocally. So I have to sing it? No. God, oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I actually did a bit of uh, extra credit on this one, and I separated mine into instrumentals and those with vocals. Seriously, dude? You I, did, I did like, the same you thing. I did the same thing, bad. dog. <laughs> All right. So you, I give you the option. Which would you like to hear first, the instrumentals or the vocals? Instrumentals. Uh, okay. okay. Instrumentals it is. All right. All right. I'm going to kick it off with... Uh, a mini series, actually, LD. This is a favorite of yours and mine, and I'm going with the 2001 HBO Band of Brothers. Uh, everybody laughs, but that's what I walk down the aisle to. Nobody should laugh. This is one of the greatest mini series I think ever made. Period. And the the music is so <laughs> indicative of the storytelling. It's sweeping. It's moving. It's beautiful. I mean, it's. I like the, the aisle for our wedding was super freaking long. It was outside and it was like a half a mile. It's like a like, golf course. Yeah. yeah. It was like a good half mile from like where I was, you know, getting ready to where I was down the aisle. And literally when I stepped up, that was the song that was playing. And then all of a sudden when I got was sort of close, all of a sudden the DJ realized, oh, that's her. And then switched it over to the song that was, you know, actually supposed to be the song I walked down the aisle to. But that's, yes. Uh, that that opening, which uh, LD, you and I actually rewatch the series quite often. I don't think we've ever skipped the intro because the we, music is that good. Ten episodes, never do. Never done it. Yep. So anyway, Band of Brothers, that's my number five. Number four, I'm going to continue to uh, fellatiate HBO and <laughs> go with uh, Tales from the Crypt from 1989. Okay. Okay. Tales from the Crypt. Okay. Danny Elfman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no. iconic. It's, you can I, see I, 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 I Well, yeah. I remember the show. I don't remember the theme song that well. Well, I... I I could say that's the one we're going to play and remind us all, but I'll get to the end of my list and then we'll decide. How about that? Okay. Okay. Number three, I went with an iconic one. You all know it. Twilight Zone, 1959. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Now, Fair. I do have a fun fact. Fun fact. As many of you know, the iconic Twilight Zone, the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, that was not the original theme. Yep. The original theme was actually composed by Bernard Herrmann, who did uh, Psycho, I believe. 
and he was only the first season. The second season, they were looking for another theme. So a guy with perhaps one of my favorite names ever, Marius Constant, was hired to produce that iconic theme song. The irony was they basically paid him a flat fee and said, if it gets used, we'll pay you. I think it was like the equivalent of $500 today. And lo and behold, I think it's become one of the most iconic TV theme songs of all time. I was amazed in doing a little research for this particular topic, how often what in your mind is the definitive theme song for a show Mm -hmm. often wasn't the first one that was used or the only one that was used. Correct. Yeah. And this is one of those that blew me away because I love the Twilight Zone. And that first season is a completely different theme. Completely different. Okay. Yep. Number two, again, back on the HBO train, and this is the one LD I'd point out, Game of Thrones. I mean, that's friggin' iconic. Yes, it is. I mean, I guarantee iconic. you, my brother doesn't even know what HBO is, and he probably <laughs> knows what the theme is. I, um, it is. I've, I prefer the theme to Mr. Belvedere. That is a great theme <laughs> song, by the way. Fantastic. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, exactly like Mr. Belvedere. Same plot, everything. Yeah, Yeah, scary. HBO should really be sued by Mr. Belvedere for the similarities. Uh, I prefer the name to the the Torkelsons. Oh, God. How are you the... Wow. Whoever created the Torkelsons was like, someone remembers. (laughs) Someone remembers me. I don't think the people who are in the Torkelsons remember the Torkelsons, but <laughs> was I in and the well, Torkelsons? I don't remember. I mean, I mean, look, uh, this Game of Thrones thing may be okay. It was no Spencer for hire. <laughs> I mean, what is? Except it was, it was Spencer no Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not King versus King. It wasn't BJ just, and the I'll Bear. I'll just go ahead and say that on the record. Oh, BJ and the Bear. Find that anywhere <laughs> I want it. So that is my number two, and it's dethroned only by one because I think this is probably one of the most recognizable of all time, and that is, of course, the Benny Hill Show. Yakety sacks. Oh yeah. I mean, Yakety oh, sacks. Come on. Come on. I, I'm gonna I'm amazing. gonna maintain that you could take a video. I mean, you could have a car full of nuns and koala bears careening off a cliff, catching on fire, landing upside down, exploding, and then being devoured by alligators. But if you said it to Yakety Sacks, it's still going to be funny. <laughs> there and, there oh. are entire YouTube channels devoted to just that, like just Yakety sacks makes everything funnier. It, it doesn't and, always. I remember some things being very inappropriate on that. But anyway. Yes. Well, okay. But I, oh, but I also have a quick fun fact. Fun, fun fact. fact. There is an, uh, a country version done by the great Chet Atkins called Yakety Axe. <laughs> that it's huh, just nice. him. It's him playing it on the guitar. Mr. Guitar, okay. right? Yep. 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 Great. And then I guess I'll breeze through my ones with vocals, just real quick. And, and I, I want to I note something, Will. I did the same thing you did. Five okay. instrumental, five. And we didn't even plan that. We did not have one match on the instrumental Ooh, ones. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Cool. I, did, I did not choose that. <laughs> I chose my ones. <laughs> I chose uh, my So my vocals, well, real quick, I'm going to run them straight down here. Uh, number five, I went Cheers, probably one of the most recognizable. Oh, absolutely. And one of the best sit. No, you know what? The best sitcom ever. Fight me. Could be. Could be. It's a good one. Mm. Number four, again, home state card, Sopranos. That is a great intro song. That's one I, I considered and almost put on my list, but mm-hmm. then I ended up deciding that I was not going to use one where the show just used an existing song. I tried to stick with ones that were specifically like written for the show. But sure, but I, otherwise I would I would have had that on there. And there's a reason I did include that. You'll see in a couple of picks here why I opened that door. 
but I did that for a very specific reason. Okay. Uh, number three, I'm going with The Jeffersons because we have our first song. match, Will. What a great song. Ah, oh, such a good song. Moving on up. Uh, and then, like I said, why I opened that door, because I feel it would be a crime to leave this off the list. And that is, of course, The Wonder Years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair. Just that intro. It's so fair. good. Joe Cocker wailing. Ah, oh, beautiful. And number one, the most inspirational theme song of all time is, of course, 1986's Perfect Strangers. Standing. We're going to have a fight. We're going to have a fight about this. Wings. Not the most oh. inspirational. Not the most. I'm going to fight you on this. Would you say it's at least top three? Top three of the most inspirational uh, TV theme songs of all time. Perfect but, Strangers theme. It's beautiful. Sorry. So what are you, what are you going to go for? What are, what are our ears going to get tickled with? Oh, you know what? I, I am so tempted to, you know, I, I, I think since TJ hasn't remembered it, I'm going to call the audible and go with Tales from the Crypt. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, for those right. I'm going to go for the, I'm going to go for the two minute 16 version just Deal. to, just to see, give us a little wiggle room, but we might go with a different one. In, sure. in great Danny Elfman. All right, here we go. list honey very good yeah, list. very good very good very Excellent very list. good very good and I, list. I was, i'm surprised how few uh intersections we had there was only one we had only one yeah yeah Amazing. only one so uh t Which who was... should go next well will we... why don't you why don't you pick who goes next okay uh we crossed over on the jeffersons that was the only one correct that's the only one correct so i think i will kick it over to tj to hear your list okay nice. well 
uh, without planning it, purely by kismet, we took the same approach. I also did five instrumentals, five with vocals. Now, my instrumental ones, I'm going to start off with King of the Hill. Good I one. mean, shocking. Now, you <laughs> might know the song that you hear with the shredding guitar and what I thought were cowbells, but aren't. And you'll see why I know that in just a second uh, as the King of the Hill theme. But the intro song to Mike Judge's animated masterwork was originally called yahoos and triangles <laughs> and it was performed by an actual real band from arizona called the refreshment oh yeah i knew it was the oh, refreshments right. who actually had two top 40 hits on the modern rock charts not yahoos and triangles <laughs> so so the the ding 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 you hear i guess there's a triangle not a cowbell huh, very so cool. listen learn is it an eternal triangle <sighs> <laughs> I mean, that's still not as bad as Terry Webb and the Spiders, but that, <laughs> no, is, that, that might be the second worst band name we've encountered in the course of doing this. Uh, up next for me, I've got Sanford and Son. Well done. Um, um, that was actually going to be on my list, but then I went alphabetical on my, uh, my okay. list. Well, the, the actual name of that song is Street Beater, and it was composed by Quincy Jones. Huh. Yep. He composed it? Yep. yep, and it appeared wow. on his 1973 album "You've Got It Bad, Girl." Nice. So, but that's just that just sounds like a junkyard. There's just that, that wow, wow, wow. I wow, know wow. it's it's so dirty. I love like I'm not even joking. I actually have it as a ringtone on my phone. Wow. And you love it. I love that. And theme funny song you should so... mention ringtones, but we'll get there in just a moment. Um, <laughs> seriously though, what what was what was better than Sanford and Son? It's a great theme song. It's a it's a mate. Not a word needs to be spoken, but it invokes like dirty seventies junkyard sound with like the washboards and the mouth harp. I mean, dude, it's awesome. That is. Do y'all remember the it, episode when uh when uh, what's his name was gonna leave the family business? No. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. And Fred and Fred said, and he was gonna go into business with Julio. I don't remember. And Fred that. said, "You already, you already, you already have your name on a business." And son, it says it right there on the sign. <laughs> he said, "What what are you gonna call it if you open a business with with Julio, Julio and damn Julio?" <laughs> Red Fox was awesome. He was yes, uh, up next on my list, and mine aren't really in any order. Uh, but but the third one on my list is the Monsters. Oh yeah! Oh, wow, very good one. So, very good. If one. you remember, this is like a surf rock ten song, which really didn't fit the show but it's just awesome yeah it's uh, it was a weird like jack marshall it's it's like sort of like an acid surfer rock thing yes very much and so and how about a ding couple ding of ding 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 well how about a couple of quick fun facts fun facts fun fact uh the song was nominated for a grammy no doesn't shock me it was it was nominated for one uh, it was sampled on the 2016 Fallout Boy hit Uma Thurman, and oh, that's much right. like, and much like a couple of other classic instrumental TV theme songs, namely the Andy Griffith Show and the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, it actually does have lyrics, though you never hear them. Really? Yep. So it's kind of like written by a guy named Bob Mosher. So it's kind of like Mash in that sense that there are right, lyrics to Mash, but there are lyrics to the Tonight Show theme song. And it, I think it's just, it's a tonight show. <laughs> I think that's all the lyrics are. <laughs> and, and, and the Andy Griffith show thing was actually called like Down by the Fishing Hole or something like that. Something, something like about that, a fishing yeah. hole. Something about, something about putting your rod in a 
Okay. By putting your getting your pole wet. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Yep. Next. 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 We have a clip. Nope. So I, so I don't need to make the stink the stink bait joke or. No. No. Okay. No. Abort. Right. Abort. Eject, mailman. Eject. <laughs> okay. Um. Up next, and I don't have a whole lot to say about this one, but Barney Miller. Yeah. Based purely yep. on Jack Elliott's absolutely filthy and sick baseline that kicks that thing off. God, it's great. It is fantastic. Uh, and my last uh, on the instrumental list is Peter Gunn. Well done. I don't. You would know it heard it. Okay. That was actually composed by the great Henry Mancini and was released on the soundtrack album, The Music from Peter Gunn, which won an Emmy and two Grammys, by the way. So there you go. It hit number eight on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and it was remade over the years by Dwayne Eddy, Diodato, and The Art of Noise. And lyrics were eventually added, and it was sung by the great Sarah Vaughan. No kidding. For, uh, for on her album, Sarah Vaughan Sings the Mancini Songbook. And you might huh. also recognize that it was used in the 1980s video game Spy Hunter. Uh, yes. Also, I kind of blocked this one out because every high school band on the planet played this song. Every single one. If you went to any football game, a marching band would play that song. They would play that and the horse. Yes. Invariably at some point. Yes, it had to happen. Um, and then a couple of honorable mentions I don't really have anything to say about. Uh, how about Northern Exposure? You guys remember that one? Yes. With the moose. Uh, yeah, with the moose, uh, Dallas, Hill Street Blues, Dick Van Dyke, Night oh, Rider. LD, you and I were talking about Dallas the other day. Yep. Uh, Night Rider, Night Court, Perry Mason, and the NBC Olympics theme song, which was also written by John Williams, by the way. Did you say uh, Ren and Stimpy? I did not. And I, I God, I, oh. I feel, her, I, oh, God, the dog pound hop. Oh, my yep. God, it's one of my favorite ones ever. I, we used it as the theme for our radio show for 15 friggin' years. It's a great theme. How did I forget the dog pound Oh, it's so good. Oh God. Oh, oh, mea culpa. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have those uh, those moments where like, oh crap. Oh, I did womp, forget something. Well, there are so many. It's, it was it's so hard to, to narrow this list down. It was. I have so many scratches. It's amazing. Okay, so with um with the my list with the ones that have lyrics. As I mentioned during Will's list, I tried to avoid songs that utilized existing songs. So otherwise, I would have had the Sopranos. I would have had the Golden Girls. I would have had the Wonder Years. But I tried to go with ones that were more specifically TV theme songs. Hey, guys, I know we're in the middle of something, but we do need to take a short sponsor break, and we will be right back. And we're back. And we're back to more 100% pure slap nuttery. <laughs> Uh, and my first one, and again, these aren't in, in any order, but this one should come as no shock. The theme to the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, good was old, Waylon, right? Yup. Yeah. AKA the good old boys. Um, country badass Waylon Jennings was actually enlisted to be the narrator, though his character is actually called the balladeer in the credits for the show. And he wrote and recorded the theme song. He actually did two distinct versions. The version you hear on TV uh, where you see Waylon performing the song in the opening credits, but you only see him from the neck down playing a guitar, has a banjo part that is not on the single version. And then, of course, there's a yee at the very end, which is not 
on the the one he actually recorded and put on his album. Um, the single version also references his somewhat anonymous nature in the opening of the show with Waylon singing the line, quote, I'm a good old boy. You know, my mama loves me, but she don't understand why they keep showing my hands and not my face on TV. <laughs> uh, that nice. song, by the way, hit number one on the country charts and was his biggest crossover hit ever getting to number 21 on the uh, pop singles chart. And this is where we come back to uh, ringtones. It sold over one million ringtones did um the theme to uh the Duke's hazard i believe that oh wow yeah, yeah no, I I, I, I'm, I'm into that uh up next uh will this is one we had in common the jeffersons because it's a good um, one so let's just get all fun facty on this one okay. <laughs> i love that you have the like, song was notes. co-written and performed by janet dubois who of course portrayed walona on good times it was inspired by her mother it features a 35-piece church choir and among those singing in the background is Orrin Waters, who also sang background on Michael Jackson's Want to Be Starting Something. Yay! No kidding. Now, also, I want to play a quick game of connect the dots, la, la, la. And there was another theme song. We, I, oh, my God, I'm a moron. How did I leave off Pee Wee? How did you leave it? Dude, that was, that was, that was uh, Cindy Lauper. Did we all miss that one? We all missed it. Oh, oh. we're so sorry. We oh, all, my God. We all, what a we all failed. Oh. Here we go. Here we go, though. I can amend this. I can amend this T. You can write still have time to fix yours. The you next, haven't gone yet. No, the next time that we do this, we do the best Saturday morning cartoon theme songs. Done. Done. So. Or that Saturday morning but, shows theme but songs. But let's do play a quick game of connect the dots. La, la, la. Okay. I don't do a very good thing. <laughs> no, you don't. It, that was <laughs> that's actually really bad. How do you fail? That? Even I could do a decent. That was ha -ha. Ha -ha. That was <laughs> um so hey jerry <laughs> this this slap nuts this slap nuts john yeah yeah hey, you remember jombie yes he's dead he, he passed away yeah yeah but he was a uh he was uh -huh. a head in a box <laughs> yeah yes go, go on that was a great fun fact fun fact <laughs> make a like a high make a honey high anyway um so <laughs> we <laughs> we're this Slap Nuts uh, episode is interrupting our series on Michael Jackson. Michael obviously had a sister named Janet who was on Good Times. Yes. Where she portrayed she portrayed the adopted daughter of Penny. Dubois' character, Walona, named Penny. Dubois sang the theme song to the Jeffersons. That show was a spinoff of All in the Family, which debuted on CBS in 1971. In 1971 also... The Red Skelton Show, which aired primarily on CBS, ended. And Once Upon a Time, receiving a screen credit on The Red Skelton Show, was Manfred Mann of Manfred Mann's Earth Band! Nice! Manfred Mann! Who's going to do all it? All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, our federally mandated Manfred Mann's Earth Band's reference of the podcast has been satisfied. Mm. It's like, please so take satisfied. your seats. The show is that about to weak. begin. You know what? That was weak until you added the mm at the end. <laughs> I was that, 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 I got a build. That, that a yeah. bit. I got a build. I got a build. I, got, I have don't we, have as much practice. Keep them waiting. Keep them waiting. Yeah. Have we ever gone further around our ass to get to our elbow for Manfred Mann than I just did? No. Ever. No. We've done. Yeah, that, that was that, a few links that, in the that, chain. That was, that was, uh, that was serious. 
when I connected the dots from the Jeffersons to Red Skelton or Janet Jackson to Red Skelton. <laughs> okay. went, we went farther than Kevin Bacon. I had one in the back pocket just in case. I'm glad okay. you guys prepared for this because I did not. <laughs> up, next, up next on this one, I have Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Now, yeah. this one sort of, yeah. this one serves as basically telling you the entire backstory of the series. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I get I get miffed though because the first season left out the professor and Marianne. Ah, glad you mentioned that because I actually had uh, uh, some information on that. The lyrics were written by Sherwood Schwartz and uh, George Wiley, and the first season version, as you just mentioned, was recorded by a group called the Wellingtons, who also recorded the same song to David Crockett, and it did not reference the professor or Marianne. They were simply called the rest. Yep. Apparently, at the insistence of Bob Denver Gilligan himself, the theme was re-recorded, and the two characters, originally conceived as being more second-tier players, had their names at. That version was recorded by a band called The Eligibles. And here is another <laughs> fun fact. That is Ta-da. a terrible name for a band. That's up there with all Terry Webb, yeah. yeah. Uh, the pilot episode actually featured a completely different theme song, had more of a calypso sound, and it was composed by the great John Williams. Oh, wow. Okay. And they yep. scrapped it? They scrapped it and, and went with one that more told the story. It, I'm just amazed they scrapped John Williams. That's where I got stuck. Can't oh, oh well, that. well, yeah, that's, uh, that might have, well, I mean, the eligibles were, were available. Well, what would you have them do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, John. Well, we can have uh, this eligible. John Williams fellow. You guys know it's literally in their names. They were free because they were eligible. Yep. But, but I, that's one that kind of gave you the backstory of everything, except for why the professor could rig up a walkie-talkie out of a coconut and palm fronds, but couldn't fix a six-inch hole in a damn boat. I mean, <laughs> well, he's not a nautilist or whatever they're called. He's like and, a scientist and stuff. And why did Ginger? Why did Ginger just happen to bring like fifty suitcases? Okay, of clothes and okay, wait, 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 wait. I actually okay. Here's the thing. This is where I mm-hmm. do that weird thing where I name drop how weird my life is. Okay. I spent a weekend with Don Wells. Oh, wow. When I was like 16 or 17, I think. And okay. I asked her, I said, why did, why, why did they bring all the suitcases? Now, here's what she told me, okay? If okay. you'll notice, she never really changes. The other people that never really change are Gilligan, the skipper, and the professor. The reason mm-hmm. why is because the, it's a three-hour tour. Therefore, the professor being pragmatic doesn't change his clothes he, there's no need to bring a change of clothes now the skipper and gilligan they are also pragmatic and they know it's a three-hour tour they're part of the crew so they don't bring a change of clothes ginger uh sorry mary ann actually snuck onto the boat so she didn't have any luggage either the three people that actually change their clothes are thurston and lovey lovey and ginger so ginger is what a movie star so mm-hmm. she is constantly changing her clothes so of course she would overpack for something that was meant to be a three-hour tour and then thurston and lovey are really rich so they just assumed that this was like a layover for them and so they brought all the clothes and so that's why that's why they have all of those clothes so there i just spilled like a 50 year old secret there you go okay wasn't denver high a lot of the time Uh, oh yes he was actually apparently he I think he got busted a couple times for possession. He, he enjoyed uh, his uh, marijuana. Yes, yes, he yes he did, and uh, and God bless uh, the uh, 
feel like. Yep. Didn't he get busted for buying it like through the mail or something one time? It was something <laughs> it weird. Yeah. Shock me. Yes, but we miss you, Gilligan. We miss you, Gilligan. We, we have miss you. Big one wherever you are. Yes, I Do think I? the only two. I don't think the only two people that are still alive from that show are Ginger and the Professor. He's still alive. I want to say he's still alive. I know Gilligan passed. I know Skipper, Skipper passed. Yeah. I yeah. know both Thurston and Lovey died. And Tina Marie, I know, is still alive. Dawn was actually, mom was actually a close friend of Dawn's. Yeah. That's how I got to meet her. So I knew when Dawn passed away. So I think right. Tina Marie and the professor are still alive. I okay. think. Um, my last two, just real quick. Um, maybe my favorite ever is The Muppet Show. Oh, nice. classic. Nice. Written by uh, Sam Pottle and Jim Henson. It's, <laughs> it's time to think Dun, 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 dun. it's Again, iconic bum, bum. and it sets it, up yeah, the whole it show it i mean yeah it is and they would they had the bit at the end of it every every week where gonzo was going to blow on that trumpet or whatever and you didn't know what was going to happen yep you just knew it was time to play the music and light the lights <laughs> and my last one little bit of a little bit of a change up on you here and probably not one anybody else is going to pick I went with uh, the theme to, and I guess this is maybe the one we'll listen to. It's Gary Shandling show. Okay, oh, wow. let me let me pull that up. Hang on one so, sec. Okay, so while you look for that, Shandling, who who I think was who I thought was an utterly brilliant comedian. I love. He was Shandling. great. He was hilarious. Um, Larry Sanders show was awesome, and but so was Shandling show, which which freak uh, featured on numerous occasions. Tom Petty, as we mentioned in our uh, series on him. Shandling was actually offered a chance to do a show on NBC, and this was at the time when they were trying to grab every stand-up comedian and just shove them into a, a sitcom. Will yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. you remember that that era? Sadly, yes. Uh, but they wouldn't let his character be a comedian. They wanted him to work in a hardware store or something, which wouldn't have worked with Shandling at all. <laughs> they didn't want to let him break the fourth wall and talk to the audience, which was a big part of his shtick. Just to be honest. But they told him he could talk to a dog. Wow. So he invited them to perform an act upon themselves, which requires an amazing level of flexibility, and took his show to Showtime. There you go. However, the fledgling Fox Network secured the rights to air repeats of the program shortly after it would air on Showtime. He and Alan Zwiebel, who was a Saturday Night Live alum, literally came up with the lyrics in the time it took them to ride from the bottom to the top of an L.A. building in an elevator. <laughs> in the same way the show mocked the idea of the traditional idea of a sitcom, the theme song did too, featuring lines like, Gary called me up and asked if I the theme. Like, what was it? Um, Gary called me up and asked if I would write, I, don't, I can't get the tune in my head, if I would write the, his theme song i'm almost halfway finished how do you like it so far how do you like the theme to gary show yeah um, and i think that's actually <laughs> the one we're going to listen to if ld has located it. i have located it so uh let's let's do this this is the theme to gary show the theme to gary show gary called me up and asked if i would write his theme song i'm almost halfway finished how do you like it so far how do you like the theme Gary show. This is the theme to Gary show, the opening theme to Gary show. This is the music that you hear as you watch the credits. We're almost to the part of where I start the whistle. Then we'll watch it's Gary Shandling show. This was the theme to 
Shandling show. So there you go. Uh, rest in peace, Gary. Oh, man, Shandling was so funny. And that show was so brilliant, just skewering the, every idea about what a sitcom should be. It just And, and the, theme, the theme song was part of doing that. It was, it was a la Randy Newman. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yes, very, very, very Randy Newman. So that is that was my list. All right, so I guess I'm. Although up, I hate eh? my, now, I hate my list and want to do another one, but that's okay. Oh God, this is another Wilburys thing, isn't it? It kind of probably, is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's my list. Totally not hastily tacked on second part because you guys are friggin' overachievers. Uh, here's the stuff with vocals on it. <laughs> I mean, of course, because I am who I am, Golden Girls. Yeah, sure. It's, a, I, it's iconic. It, Thank it, you for it, being a friend. Yep. For those who don't know, the the writer was Andrew Gold, mm-hmm. and the song was actually re-recorded by Cynthia Fee. She wasn't the original vocalist on it, and it was used for Golden Girls. And then it was re-recorded again for its spinoff, which was Golden Palace. And I think everybody on the planet knows that theme. Now- Here's where me and Will have grounds for divorce. (laughs) Will seems to think that the most inspirational song, theme song, is Perfect Strangers. I disagree. I believe that the most inspirational TV theme song is the theme song from The Greatest American Hero. Believe it or not. It's a great great one. And that's one that I was going to put on my list, but I felt almost certain one of you would. So oh, I, just, I, I left it oh, off. I knew LD would. Dude, I've yeah. sung it at karaoke before. I know yeah. I know the entire song. Like, it cuts off after the first verse. I know the entire song. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, the next one, TJ is not going to have any friggin' clue what I'm talking about, but Will knows because I forced him to watch it, every episode of it, both seasons. And that is a show called Gallivant. I enjoyed Gallivant. It was a fun show. It's it was. Very, it's, a, it's a musical about medieval knights, and it was produced by one of my favorite producers in the world. And you know who that is, honey? Favorite producers? Yeah, Copelman. Oh, was it Dan Copelman? Yeah, Dan Copelman produced nice. it. Um, so I love it, but it starred... It, it. The main cast wasn't a lot of people of, like, named, but the guest stars was like Kylie Minogue and Nick Frost. <laughs> and like, it was Weird Al Yankovic showed up in an episode and it was amazing for the We're the Monks. Hey, hey, We're the Monks, yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, it was a great show. I'm bummed out that it, it didn't pay, make it past the second season because it was a lot of fun. But Alan, I believe Alan Silvestri did most of the music for that show. Well, if you want anything epic, mm. you go to Alan Silvestri. Yes. Absolutely. Now I prefer Jake and the Fat Man. Here is one that TJ is definitely going to know, and I'm shocked it wasn't on your list. Amen. Oh, God, that's, that's, a, a, that's a great one. That, that was one of my favorites. Like, every it, time that I turn is, that on. Um, that, yeah. That, that sounds like a, a high-quality gospel choir just rocking out with foot stomps and hand claps and yes, the whole does. bit. Yes, Turn on the light from heaven on. Yes, so good. Um, me. And then another one that you're going to remember, T. I don't know, Will, if you're going to remember this, but I, I know T definitely will because I think I forced him to watch every episode of it. And that is a show that 
it's a sad thing that most like Gen Zers or millennials or whatever they're calling the young people, the boot, the zoomers, boomers. I don't know what anybody is anymore. now. Whatever. I don't care if you're under 30 chances are you have no idea what I'm talking about. It was a TV show in the eighties and it was the most eighties tastic TV show ever. If, if aliens came down and they said, give us the eighties, I would show them one of two shows. The first one would probably be elf. But that's just what I was, just, I was about to say. How funny you said aliens da, da, coming down because I thought you were going for I really um, But 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 no, I'm going to talk about Small Wonder. Oh yes. wow! How did I miss? Yes, that? <laughs> it's it is pseudo 1950s doo wop group on the street corner, cheese tastic done with 80s flair. It is. It's just the 80s. It is the 80s. And if, for those who don't know, Small Wonder was about a genius who builds a daughter for themselves, and she's a robot. And so she does weird robot things and tries to be human, but she is definitely not. And Her name is Vicky, right? Yep, and hijinks yeah. ensue because she's a hijinks robot. Hijinks ensue, brother. All right, so those are my ones with vocals. And the ones that I did without vocals, again, I'm, I'm trudging into territory that my brother won't know because it was on Showtime, but it's our favorite serial killer, Dexter. It's so good. And it's the intro cool, is like, also great. The, I, the, I preferred the Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Okay. Uh, the next one I chose is a show that I keep going back to, but I never finish and I don't know why. And also I was super drunk when I saw the movie based on the show. So it's it's all jumbled in my head, but it's still got a great theme, and that is Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yes. It's a good one. Yeah, great show too. Um, very. It was so, you know, it it had a big debut, and it just kind of tanked shortly thereafter. It was way too far ahead of its time, in my opinion. It really was. I mean, he's he's a genius, and uh, also I love Kyle McLaughlin. I think he is. So hot, David Duchovny. Well, hey, hey, ditto for Cheryl and Finn. Uh, Laura oh, Flynn absolutely. Boyle. Hello, Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah, but she didn't. She didn't do the thing with the cherry stem, and Sherilyn did. So, all right, fair enough. The next one, I and she did that. She did that on the show, didn't she? I think she did. Where she but, tied the the cherry stem with, in a knot not. with her with her tongue. I I vaguely remember that. I'm not a hundred percent. Like I yes. said, I I never finished the show. I always get to like talking little person and oh yeah, <laughs> a lady who walked around with a log all the time. Oh yeah, that the log lady. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so here's one that's just heart thumping, pounding. When you hear it, you want to get into your car, you know, drive super fast and hope that the voice of Mister Feeney talks to yes. you. And that is Night Rider. <laughs> yep, that's a that's a an absolute. And that's been sampled and used in a couple of rap songs, isn't it? Yes, it has. Uh, I do believe it was Buster Rhymes or Missy Elliott, or it might have been both of them. Could have been both. But yeah. you can just that, you just you you just hear that little bass hook that. Bow, 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 bow. I yep. mean, that's that's tailor made for to, to be used in like a hip hop song. Accurate. Uh, the next one I chose uh, is one of the most peaceful theme songs, but for some reason. The, the show is full of chaos and psychosis and diagnosis and cirrhosis. There's a lot of sisses. 
but for some reason, the song from Massive Attack just fits on the TV show House. Yeah, it does. It, it's a great it, song, too. It's a great song, and it just sounds medical. It's weird. It just it it fits with the imagery of, you know, uh, oh, my gosh, what's the book called? Grey's Anatomy's the 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 pictures from the book and the spine and and everything it's just it's really cool love massive attack and i um, preferred airwolf i believe it's called teardrop yeah it's matt yeah massive attack teardrop uh funny enough when i was getting my uh my massage to get adjusted from my chiropractor that was the song that she put on to relax me and i'm like no 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 this no this is you don't understand <laughs> i'm picturing hugh um, laurie yeah all right and then here's the one that i'm actually going to play because for all of you guys t i know you probably never seen an episode of this i don't think it's in your wheelhouse at all uh but me and will pretty much have been glued to our tv ever since it premiered with murder house (laughs) and that is ryan murphy's american horror story it is creepy and crawly and evokes just like uncomfortableness and since i love the darker side of music that's the one i'm going to play for you guys uh right now is the theme song to the tv show american horror story And that's my list. Well, I just think we'd be remiss if we just didn't bring up a LDR karaoke jam, and that is the theme to Growing Pains, because yes. you and I yep. have performed I mean, that live. We're also missing things like Full House. We're missing, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of it? I know, when Thundercats. Well, we didn't, mention, well, we didn't mention the A-Team, which was a favorite of mine. Oh, the A-Team's a great one. Urkel. Family, family Matters. matters. Yeah. Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matters was a great one. Uh, Step by Step had a good one. My sister Sam was awesome. Clarissa hey, explains I got, it hey, all. I got, I got one for you that I can. I, I I'll give you four words from it, and you'll know it immediately. Okay. Sha la la la. Family ties. <laughs> Family ties. Yep. yep. Oh, hey, dude. I mean, there's another one. Oh yeah. Well, and are you afraid of the dark? Which was like led me into my my loving creepy fear. Uh, hey, how about um, how about the one for a different world performed by Aretha Franklin? Yes. It's a good one. I mean, we're missing so many. I think what we got to do is we got to stop talking about it and just do this again next time. (laughs) Yeah, we should, we should do this. We we should, we we could do multiple iterations of this. Like you said, we could just do sitcoms. We could just do cartoons. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, this lends itself to lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next category that we're going to be talking about is award shows. Now, TJ, what prompted you to pick this one? Honestly, not what you think. <laughs> As I noted last week, and, and people can go back and look at our social media and, and see this. We put a couple of weeks ago a list out of potential slap nuts topics like, hey, which ones of these would you guys like to see us tackle on an upcoming slap nuts episode? And one of them I, just, I happened to have just picked out of, for no particular reason out of my own head was favorite award show moments. And then this past Sunday happened. <laughs> So, so for all for everybody who you know has been living under that rock but still knows what a podcast is, last week Chris Rock made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair. Did not realize that she had alopecia. Made a joke. It was a bad joke. Will Smith got up and slapped him in front of millions of people internationally, and now and it has led to a lot of fallout. And uh, you know what? You didn't paint the whole picture. Then he sat down and hollered, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth twice. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, as, as, as a music podcast, mm -hmm. we are not going to take sides. We're not going to have an opinion on it because it seems oh, I have like- an opinion on it. Oh, I have an opinion as well, but I, I'm going to keep it to- I may not share it, but I have, yep, I have I'm, one. I'm going to keep it to myself because I like having listeners- and the fact is that everybody on the planet has an opinion about this. So, so what we're not going to do is share our opinions on that subject. We're just not going to go there because everybody has gotten their own input. Some people have been asked about it. Some people haven't. And I, I just think, you know, everybody's going to have their own side, who you side with. If you side with just Jada, if you side with Chris Rock, if you side with Will Smith, you know, we're not here to judge and we're not here to uh, give that opinion in particular because uh, we like everyone. La, 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 la. So what we are going to talk about is actually uh, past award shows. Now, uh, we broke this down into three separate categories, which is our favorite crash, our favorite performance, and our favorite acceptance speech. Now, if we stray like we often do, totally fine if we end up talking about other stuff but uh that was the three specific ones that i laid out for us to talk about so who shall go first this round how about you ld why don't you kick it off all right so uh i am actually going to start off with my personal favorite crash which happened in 1974 i know i'm going way back oh goodness but it, it deals with someone who actually uh, was not invited to the Oscars, from what I understand, <laughs> which was there was a they were at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion doing the Oscars in 1974. And David uh, Nevin was on stage and from stage left, I do believe, just comes a guy named Robert Opal, who was an English teacher running across the stage wearing only the smile God gave him. <laughs> it was televised. And so, you know, they had, uh, they actually had it framed up so you didn't actually see anything. But uh, David Niven said, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was almost bound to happen. It, it was actually pretty common at the time to streak. I guess this is a thing that, you know, mom and dad did to pass the time. And in fact, uh, Ray Stevens, who is one of my favorite artists of all time, 
released a Billboard Hot 100 chart song with the track The Streak that same year. Well, now they call me The Streak, right? Yeah. So boogity, boogity. was not arrested. He was ushered backstage to explain himself. And he literally just said, it's just one of those one-time things. So that is my... Was this... So- so it was was this guy he, he wasn't like a performer or an actor or anything no but apparently he in addition to flashing the oscar audience opal developed his own costume character mr penis and also stripped at a meeting of the los angeles city council he's actually a gay rights activist who opened an art gallery in san francisco in 1978 that showed homoerotic works now i actually read that that he did do a little bit of uh, movie acting, but you probably wouldn't remember him because he had, for the most part, he, he would always have a really small part. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Sadly, I because you know everything that I talk about has to end in death. Unfortunately, on the night of July seventh, I believe nineteen seventy nine, a pair of burglars burst into Opal's gallery demanding drugs. And when Opal refused, uh, one of the burglars fatally shot him. Yes. Oh, man. So, so at least we have that one moment in time where yeah, he like definitely left an impression on people and especially on Hollywood. So that was my, my personal favorite crash. Now, um, my, I had so many performances that I absolutely love because I, I I'm going to say like basically any tony performance makes me happy and i was actually going to go with bigger but i didn't which is i believe the 2014 tony openings starring um neil patrick neil Neil patrick harris and it had a lyric written by lin-manuel miranda and that actually netted miranda a tony or didn't no, one, excuse me, it, it netted him an Emmy. Didn't that one also have Mike Tyson, if I remember correctly? It had Mike Tyson, it had yes, the Newsies, it, it had Pippin, it featured uh, Matilda. There were so, so, so many people on that stage. I don't, I do not know how they managed to get everybody on the stage, but it was incredible, it was awesome, but that's not what I'm going for. I'm actually going to pick Pink's performance of Glitter in the Air. Hmm. Now, Pink is an outstanding performer who is so willing to take chances. And I'm not saying like sing a song people don't know. I'm not talking about that. I mean, this girl has literally literally performed on the side of a building. As in, she was in a harness hanging over like the Marriott on floor 75 with a partner on a harness with a rope. And she's got incredible breath control. She will take these risks and take chances. And she does all this kind of wire work and silk work. She's incredible. But Glitter in the Air starts with her almost in sort of like a monk-like robe. And then she strips down from the monk-like robe into a, a nearly nude costume with like strips of tape over it. And she's ushered into a silk swing from which she gets into it and she is suspended above the crowd by like 75 to 100 feet in the air and then they dip her into a pool 
and she's she's singing the whole time. She doesn't stop singing while she's doing this. Then they dip her into a pool. They lift her up in the air again, and she spins around and she drenches the crowd. It is gorgeous. It is breathtaking. It I remember is, saying that one. It was that was really really impressive. It was beautiful. Now, as my honorable mention, I will choose another song, which is specifically from the Academy Awards, the year that The Greatest Showman was up for best song. And that is for Akilah Settle and This Is Me. Specifically because, number one, that is a beautiful song. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And she is so talented. She's like one of the best parts of the Broadway musicals, original Broadway cast of Waitress is the fact that her voice is on it. I love her. And the thing is, she had had like two strokes before that performance. And so literally they had a backup singer ready to step into her position and then ambulance waiting outside. And if you see that performance and realize like how sick she actually was when this happened, it just makes her bam. So that's, those are, those are my choices for performances. But you said that you, you remember that one T pinks. Uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember saying that one. It was, it was, well, first of all, you, you, I mean, it's, it was acrobatic. Um, And in addition to what you were talking about, having, having to have, such amazing breath control and just the nerves to, and the balls to even try it on top of that i mean you have to be in unbelievable physical shape to do what she was doing which she is yeah um and then finally this is something that i'm actually going to play you because it makes me so so incredibly happy what this is is i've picked a lot from the tony awards haven't i <laughs> this is actually mark relance <laughs> who is accepting a, a Tony Award. In 2008, Mark Relance won a, a Tony Award, and people were very confused by his speech. So I'm actually going to play that now and then give you an explanation afterward. So here is Mark Relance's acceptance speech in 2008. Second Theater Wing's Tony Award goes to Mark Rylance. Yeah. In his Broadway debut, Mike Rylance wins the Tony for his hilarious performance as Robert Lambert. When, when you're in town, wearing some kind of uniform is helpful policeman, priest, etc. Driving a tank is very impressive, or a car with official lettering on the side. If that isn't to your taste, you could join the revolution, wear an armband, carry a homemade flag tied to a broom handle, or a placard bearing an incendiary slogan. At the very least, you should wear a suit and carry a briefcase and a cell phone, or a team jacket, a baseball cap, and a cell phone. <laughs> if you're in the woods, the back country, someplace far from any human habitation, it is a good idea to wear orange <laughs> and carry a gun, or depending on the season, a fishing pole, 
or a camera with a big lens. Otherwise, I will wrap it up uh, very quick now. Otherwise, it might appear that you don't know what you're doing, that you're just wandering the earth, no particular reason for being here, no particular place to go. Thanks very much for this. Okay, thoughts? <laughs> All righty. Context is important, yeah. Okay, so he won, number one, they called him Mike. His name is Mark, but he won for a comical performance in the revival of Boeing, Boeing in 2008. And it, it was actually a prose of a Duluth, Minnesota poet named Lewis Jenkins. And Relance said, I tried one of Jenkins' workout at the Drama Desk Awards, and it went down well. And so he decided that if he was going to win for Boeing, Boeing, he was going to do it again. And he did. And it is one of, I remember watching this just being like, what the actual hell are you even talking about? And then you realize what he did was an art piece. And for that, it is my favorite acceptance speech of all time. It's a good one. That's a and, good one. And that is, that is uh, my, that's my award show moments. That's that, your one uh, list. All right, I think, uh, T, you should go next. Uh, now, for favorite award show performances, performance, I actually took three and mashed them together, but they're all by the same person. Uh, so first, we have the 29th Annual Academy of Country Music Award Show. Alan Jackson was uh, one of the co-hosts that night, along with Reba McIntyre. Um, but he apparently irked um, producers, which I, and, uh, which I think included Dick Clark. Yeah. Um, by taking off his tux at a certain point and putting on a Hank Williams senior t-shirt. <laughs> and then <laughs> when it came time for him to perform, uh, to actually perform a song, he was going to do his big hit at the time, Gone Country. So apparently uh, the protocol at this award show was that you sang to a, a pre-recorded track. You, you, you didn't perform with your band, but they went out there and pretended to play. Well, Alan thought that was stupid. He had a great band. They'd played together God, a thousand times, probably. So he had his drummer go out there with no sticks to pretend to play. <laughs> That's funny. So Alan Jackson's drummer, no sticks in hand, <laughs> was sat back there and pretended to play the drums, which I thought was pretty That's badass. Uh, okay, then the 1999 uh, CMA Awards, that year, George Jones had put out an album called The Cold Hard Truth. It was a big comeback album. It was, it's one of the best he ever did. George also was almost killed in a car wreck. Oh, wow. You know, around this time. So there was a big anticipation that, hey, you know, they're going to give George a full performing spot to do this, a song called Choices. Well, at the last minute, they told George, hey, um, we're, we're going to probably be pressed for time. So could you just do like one verse and one chorus and then stop? And George said, well, no, I'm going to do my song or I'm not going to perform. And they said, well, I guess you're not going to perform then. Okay, so Alan Jackson gets wind of this. He was uh, slated to perform his then hit, Papa Top. And if you know that song, that there's the actual sound that you hear on this podcast fairly often of a beer being cracked. <laughs> Papa Top again. And then, but there, uh, there's about three junctures in the song where you hear that. So he does the first one and he does, you know, the, the, does the verse and he does the second one, does the first. And then when he gets to the spot where there's going to be a third one, the band stops. And Alan leans into the microphone and starts singing Choices, the George Jones song. Nice. Um, he sang it. 
he got a standing ovation when it, as soon as he was finished, he walked off the stage, out of the building, into his bus, and he left. So disgusted with how they treated the apostle that he stopped halfway through his own song, sang George's, and then he left. Um, I will say this does remind me of something. Which, We're going to get to that. We're which gonna was, get to that. <laughs> oh, okay. Do I, so do I need to back off? Uh, I, I think I got this one. Okay. Yeah. I will back off. Um, and then my, my last uh, part, it's, it's sort of a three-parter and that they all center on Alan Jackson was the 2001 CMA Awards where he debuted uh, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? Mm. That was like yeah. six weeks after 9-11. Yep. Um, and that, you know, there were a lot of people who were trying to write songs about it at that point, and it was so weighty, and you didn't know how to feel, and it was just such a crazy time. And for some, and, and his, you know, very, his very simple song just hit, struck absolutely the right note at the time that the country needed it, I, I felt like. Agreed. It was super introspective, unlike the other ones. You know, this was kind right. of a very reflective piece. Yeah, it was a great song. Yeah, and it, there wasn't any vengeance or anger in it. It was just it 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 mirrored the way we all felt, which was a, a mishmash of uh, like every emotion imaginable. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it was uh, that was uh, my favorite. Um, so that's kind of my my quote best performance was actually three all by Alan Jackson. Uh, my favorite acceptance speech. Uh, was from the 1975 CMA Awards, and it really didn't have anything to do with the acceptance speech. So presenting Entertainer of the Year Award, the Entertainer of the Year Award that year was the previous year's winner, the Silver Fox, Charlie Rich, who you might know a couple of his songs, including Behind Closed Doors, I think was his biggest, probably his biggest one. So he reads off the list of nominees, which included John Denver. Mm. Now, Charlie opens the envelope, looks at the name inside, and he looked disgusted. <laughs> and there could have been a couple of things at play. One, Charlie maybe didn't like what he saw as interlopers coming into country, people like John Denver and Olivia Newton-John and stuff like that. And by his own admission, he was on heavy prescription medications and completely shit-based drunk on gin and tonics. <laughs> so Charlie Ritz holding that envelope aloft, pulled out his cigarette lighter and set it on fire <laughs> Jeez. Be before announcing and you have to go if you've never seen it you have to go pull this up and look at it the look on his face and the way he said it when he said mr john Denba. <laughs> yeah, and he looks like he's about to fall over he's so drunk okay so what was funny about this john denver was not present at the award show he was beaming in via satellite and had no idea what was going on he didn't see charlie rich set the envelope on fire so he's like hey guys thanks this is really groovy i appreciate it i'm gonna play in a show tonight and wherever so he he gave his speech totally unaware that charlie rich had just mockingly announced his name and set the envelope on fire <laughs> that's awesome and he was permanently blacklisted, was Charlie That's Rich amazing. from the CMA Awards for the rest that of his is life. Amazing. And my favorite crash. I don't, we, we maybe should have discussed this because I felt like somebody else might take it, but I'm sorry. It's my favorite. I take you to the 1998 Grammy Awards and an incident that involved a fellow named Russell Tyrone Jones. You probably know him better as Old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> I know. Nice. I, I nice. literally watched this yesterday and Poor I am. So confused. Poor sweet Sean Collins. Just <laughs> song of the year, record of the Sonny, year. Sonny, if you guys home. don't remember me, Sonny came home, and I love that home. song. 
and she walks on and this again this this sweet little sean Calvin walks on stage and and you know she had been sort of an unheard artist for years you know she had been out there doing her thing for a really long time and she'd finally gotten the notice she deserved and here she is on the biggest you know award stage and her profession being acknowledged for having the song of the year and old dirty bastard that was the perfect time to storm the stage to take issue with his band the wu-tang clan having not won best rap album having lost it to puffy (laughs) earlier in the evening (laughs) so old dirty bastard with sean colvin having the most bewildered look i've ever seen in my life on anybody's face yep says please calm down the music and everything it's nice that I went out today and bought a suit today that costed a lot of money today. You know what I mean? Because I figured that Wu-Tang was going to win. I don't know how you all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. Y'all know what I mean? Puffy is good, but Wu-Tang is the best, okay? I want you all to know that (laughs) this is old dirty bastard. I love y'all. Peace. Before being physically dragged off, it was, and then poor Sean. I Colvin. went out today and bought a suit today that cost a lot of money. Today. Poor Sean Colvin. When she comes on, she's like, "I am so confused." <laughs> like she's, I am so bewildered. confused. I am so confused. <laughs> like it's, it was. It I don't was a know great why. Moment. I don't know why ODB decided that was the moment to go up and take issue with Wu Tang not not winning the Grammy that night. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what Sean. I don't know what Sean Calvin ever did to aggrieve anyone, but that's that's and, and you know there's, I had a I have a couple others I I could mention, but I, I'm just, I I think that's probably my favorite. I mean, of course, like we would be bereft if we didn't mention the "I'm gonna let you finish" because that's right. like of course that's yeah. that's what actually funny enough there is literally a podcast series on our very network called "I'm gonna let you finish," and they didn't name it after that, but. Anytime you hear the I'm gonna let you finish, you're like, okay, Kanye. Is that it? Was that it, T? Was that your whole list? Uh, uh, uh yeah, I think I got everything that no, that was acceptance speech, crash, and performance. The only I did have one honorable mention for performance, Nirvana at the 92 VMAs where Chris Novoselic threw his bass up in there, tried to catch it, and, missed, and it hit him in the head. Oh, that's right. Yep, yeah. I remember that. And I Kurt, remember that. Kurt Kurt like walked into the wall of amps like like Godzilla knocking over a, a cheap ass uh, cardboard building in a poorly scaled model of Tokyo. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> and, and and Dave Grohl just started screaming stuff about Axl Rose because they were apparently having like a little feud or something. Nirvana and Guns N' Roses were at the time. I yep. almost mentioned that one, but I, 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 I'll, I'll just go with, with the ones I, I offered up. All right. So Mr. Will Thrill. All right, so I guess we'll go in that order: acceptance speech, performance, and crash. Um, let's go with acceptance speech to start off. Um, I got to go back to 1997. It was a simpler time. There was a film that sort of came on the scene and shook everything up, and that was Life Is Beautiful, which I showed LD and she punched me. Um, <laughs> it is a beautiful story about the Second World War. But uh, anyway, the director was of course Roberto Benigni. He was also the star mostly known for Italian films. And this was a big breakout. He won his Oscar. And first of all, the look on his face is priceless. It's like a kid getting exactly what they wanted for Christmas. And he climbs over the chairs to get to the stage. 
And English, as you know, is his second language. So he's kind of piecing together everything in the moment. And he just kind of exclaims, moment of joy. I, I want to kiss everyone in the room. And it's just such genuine happiness. So that one always stuck with me. I'm going with Roberto Benigni, 1997, the Oscars. That was just a beautiful moment. It was great. Yeah. Um, he's, I wish to kiss you all. Yeah. I, yeah, I kiss I you guess. all. Yes. No, but here's it's the thing. So great. Here's the thing. The problem with life is beautiful and then skip ahead if you don't want spoilers because I'm going to I'm going to give the ending of the movie away but it's like legit like a 23-year-old movie so uh yeah you spend the entire movie with this dude and then they just take him into an alleyway and shoot him and that's basically how the movie ends and so yeah you know what I did punch Will because he made me fall in love with this character and his wife and his son, and he gets marched into an alleyway and shot. Thanks, Will, you jerk. Well, it, it is a Holocaust story, and I hope you take away more than that from the film, which is absolutely gorgeous. But the fact that you feel that way, I think, is testament to Benini's performance. And I'm, I am still film. mad at you. It's been 23 years, and I'm still pissed <laughs> You're off. Still at you. angry at me. That's okay. In fact, you know uh, what? You know what's going to happen? Yeah. Hmm? It's hang on. Yeah. You know what? Oh no, no, I didn't deserve you know that. No. Nope. Oh no, nope. this is not right. Yeah. I'm gonna close the door. Yeah, it's it's happening now. There's a spray bottle. So is this like this a nut cake or the bottle? No, this is the bottle. bottle. Yeah, and uh, there's a spray bottle. Oh, jeez, ah, it's cold. Ah, okay, all right, that's enough. Ah, <laughs> stop it. Uh, there's electronics here. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, the spraying of will the thrill, man, the mandatory spraying of will the thrill. The podcast has been satisfied. Has been satisfied. <sighs> Indeed. All right. So that is my acceptance speech. Now let's go to performances, which I think, LD, you were alluding to this. And I didn't realize how rooted my picks would be in the 90s, but here we are. And I'll sum it up by saying you don't cut off the chairman of the board. Nope. Yes. You all know where I'm going with this. Nope. Yep. Yep. 1994, the great Billy Joel on stage after Frank Sinatra was cut short by the networks for his Lifetime Achievement Award. The song was River of Dreams, which LD, you enjoy. I which love that song. Billy Joel took a lengthy pause. Advertising dollars going away. Valuable advertising dollars. Don't cut off Sinatra. People went wild. He has since then never been asked back to the Grammys, and I don't think he cares. So that's my best performance. Hey, 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 and Will, uh, just a, a, a little throwback to an earlier discussion. Do you remember who the host was that year? I do not recall. It was Gary Shandling. He hosted that year? Oh, no kidding. Gary Shandling hosted that year because he made the joke that there you go. Uh, he had just talked to Lorena Bobbitt and even she said even she wouldn't cut off Frank. <laughs> I distinctly remember wow. that. Wow. So, LD, was that what you were alluding to? That that absolutely was what I was alluding to. It was one of the most BAMF moments that I have ever seen during an award show. And it was literally just like giving the middle finger to them because it's it's like if you're giving someone a lifetime achievement award you let them talk you let them if you if they want six seven minutes you let them talk just let them go yeah and especially like i don't think it was very much longer after that that frank passed away and no because it was 94 yeah and i just remember that whole thing and thinking oh my god because i watched that play out in real time and i'm like he is awesome it was it was beautiful (laughs) just just a great moment and that really kind of solidified like okay yeah this billy joel guy can stick around if he wants you're okay with him i'm fine i'm okay with him (laughs) 
And of course, my crash should come as absolutely no surprise at anyone. Again, same year, 1994, but this time we're going over to the MTV Video Awards. The winner was Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. Not a bad video. However, one person thought that there was a better video. And that was Nathaniel Hornblower, who immediately ran to the stage in his later hosen and absurd bearded mustache to declare how this was a travesty, and he came up with all the ideas for Star Wars and everything. And if you want to learn more about that, check out our series, if you can find it, on Adam Yauch. <laughs> if you just request it, I'll just email it to you. Yeah, we'll send point. you the file, yeah. But of course, that was the great Adam Yauch as his alter ego, Nathaniel Hornblower, storming the stage at the MTV Video Music Awards, 1994. Was that the year that Stipe wore like like 15 t-shirts like on top of each other and each one had like a like a, a cause he cared about on them or something? It was something like that. And I will say, watch it, rewatching it, it is worth it to just focus on Michael Stipe's reaction when Nathaniel Hornblower just barges into the podium. It's it is amazing. So do yourself a favor, YouTube, it. it's totally worth it. All right. Well, uh, that is our award show moments. Do we actually have any award show moments we just want to chat about? Because I'm good to wrap it up. <laughs> I think I'm yeah. good there. Because I know I know the beast that we're about to unleash. Yep. So how about this? Uh, TJ, explain what you did, and then why don't you go first? Okay. Um, I put every genre of music I could think of on a slip of paper, put it in a hat, and I drew out a genre for each of us. And all of us have to craft a 20-song playlist based purely on that genre and again like i said at the, earlier in the episode i thought okay best case scenario it's a either a, a category we we're really good at so we'll make some banging playlists or it'll be ones like me getting show tunes where it's going to completely be laughably bad it sucked and we kind of didn't really get either of those things it's kind of in between so ee, i guess we'll see how this goes and uh, and i will go first and and if you want to for authentication purposes to make sure there was no chicanery we posted the video of me drawing them uh, on our social media, so you can go check that out. Um, what I drew for myself was disco. Now, Will the Thrill, you actually told me that you were glad this was the topic you did not get. Yes, if given correct? the three topics that were chosen, I would have avoided that one like the plague. Yes. Okay. LB and I all... actually heard a good bit of uh, disco when we were growing up because our mom taught a jazzercise class when disco was still popular. So we, we would have just, heard a good She bit didn't of just it, so. teach a jazzercise class. Tell the world, T. Tell the she world the truth. It. Our mother invented jazzercise. Yep. Mic drop. <laughs> but not actually. Mic drop. Boom. These, these actually cost money, so I'm not doing that. These things ain't free. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we're not literally going to drop a mic. Yeah. Now, so, these first four, I'm interested to see what you guys say about them because I feel like I'm cheating a tiny bit. But hear me out. As I throw you one of these nights by the Eagles, another one bites the dust by Queen, I Miss bet. You by the Rolling Stones and Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 by Pink Floyd. They have a disco backbeat. Thoughts? I could see that. Um, the only one that I don't know is the Eagles. I don't know if that... Oh, you don't know that one? I know, I, I know it, but I don't know if that really counts as disco. Well, that four on the floor beat, the bass, the... One of these crazy. I mean, it's there's it's a, a disco very beat, yeah. beat to that. Now, very, Queen, and it's very, it feels very discoish to me. Queen, absolutely. Dicky crafted it to be a a disco song, like they crafted. After hanging it. out with the guys from Chic, I read. Yes. Um, who, who have some of the most famous 
bass hooks in disco history. Miss You by the Stones is a disco song. I'm pretty much not yes, even going to discuss absolutely. that one with you. Yeah. One I had never thought of was another Brick in the Wall part two. But then once I read something about it, I was like, you know, I can kind of hear that now. Again, it's There's a very, a very danceable, bassy, four on the floor kind of drum beat to that one. Did you? Live those kids alone. I mean, but I, and I sat there and listened to it. And I was like, you know what? It kind of is. I think that made sense to me. All right. So I'll, those are not what, not traditional disco songs, but those are the, the four kind of outside the box picks I took. The next one, I actually don't like the song that much, but I put it on here anyway. Do you think I'm sexy by Rod Stewart? I love Rod Stewart. Mm. It's, a, it's a disco song. He's got some you know, hair on him. Well, the thrill you and I have discussed before. I don't know if there's anybody who has as clear a delineation between st- absolute gold and twaddle as Rod Stewart. Are you referring to hot legs? Because uh, I, I agree. I mean, but there's no middle ground with his stuff. It's either wonderful or it's terrible. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Forever Young is amazing. Right. It's, I was going to yeah. say, it, the way it's you look Maggie, tonight was awesome. Yeah. It's either Maggie May or it's infatuation. Okay. Oh, God. It's Broken Arrow or it's Hot Legs. I, 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 one, high. I like hot legs. Oh, it's a terrible song. It's god awful. <laughs> but this song to me is basically like owl shit in a sugar cone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's a new one. Yeah. Do you just sit in your office and just write down things like that to use later? Because like you had that like in the pocket, ready to go. I, m- they're mostly spontaneous, actually. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, this is, a, <laughs> I was going to say, this is, a, this is how I spend my time, kids. <laughs> Let me be a shining example of how not to live your life. <laughs> like, what'd you do today, honey? Well, I thought of lots of poop analogies. Can't wait to spring them on uh, my sister and uh, brother-in-law on that podcast we did. <laughs> That, um, that highly lucrative podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. Up next, a song we actually heard on uh, a series earlier in our heavy hitter series. I'm just a sucker for your love by Rick James and Tina Marie. Okay. Up next, I've got got to be real by Cheryl Lynn. Okay. To be real. And I have got a to be real. I have a fun fact. Yes. Fun fact. Playing guitar on Got To Be Real by Cheryl Lynn is Ray Parker Jr., which I did not know. Did not know that either. Theme song to Ghostbusters, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, how about Van McCoy's The Hustle? It's kind of iconic disco, yeah. Yeah, it's, it a, it's an instrumental it uh, uh, instrumental one. Uh, There's uh, only one other I can think of, but I'll, I'll say it. Do, 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 do the hustle. Now, the caveat in this that I should have mentioned is that you can double up uh, on five artists. There are five artists that if you want to, you can use two of their songs, but you, can, you can't you can use any more than two for any one particular artist. Um, so I did double up. I, I think you had to on Donna Summer with Bad Girls and Hot Stuff. Yeah. I mean, she's the queen of disco. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, Meatloaf isn't, which I don't understand, but whatever. Um, how about Thelma Houston, Don't Leave Me This Way? Okay, yes. That's nice. a great one. And I did not know this, that Thelma Houston did not, record the original version of the song it was actually originally done by harold melvin and the blue notes 
Really? Uh, which I didn't know. Huh. And then it was a hit again in the 80s when a band called the Communards redid it. And the dude from the Communards is like the highest singing freak you've ever heard of in your life. It's like he hits higher notes than Thelma does. <laughs> pretty amazing if you've never heard that that version of it up next uh, another double up but again i feel like this one is more than warranted we i've got chic with both la freak and good times uh good times for those who don't don't know by the way essentially is what the sugar hill gang wrapped over for rappers delight yes mm. it's, a good, really- it's a good song it's just for me that's like one of the the standouts of disco like that's one of the ones that you just like a go-to disco song it, it is, and I, I think that is one of probably the most talented disco bands that was around because Nile Rodgers is a freaking genius, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and, a, and a fantastic musician. And, of course, he fronted uh, that band, and I think actually still does. I think they still tour to this day. Um, I had to throw one Casey and the Sunshine Band on there. I chose to get down tonight. Fair. The next one is the one I'm going to actually have you play all day. But I don't want you to play the whole song. I want you to play literally about 20 seconds of it. Okay. For a very specific reason. I chose Ride a Wild Horse by Discotex and the Sexolets. Is that if you want to ride? Wait, hang on. And the reason that I chose it, it opens with one of the most laughably, embarrassingly bad, breathy, pretend, (laughs) O-faced... Wait, is it is it Discotex and his sex O letters? And, and it's, it should be sex Olets, but yeah, sex-o-lets. Uh, ride, okay. uh, ride a wild horse. Okay, yep, I found it. I found. It. Are okay. we ready? Are we ready for this? Yeah, I, like I don't want to hear the whole song. I want to hear about twenty seconds. Stop it there, because this that is was, a family show. That, that was not the song I expected. That you are First right. All, that is disco. Yes, you are the, correct. The music uh, sounded a lot like "Rock the Boat" by the Hughes Corporation. Now it that does I to it again, a little bit, yeah, which I had not noticed. But is that like the weakest like attempt that a breathy I, sexual I, sound that you ever heard in a song? Because I heard that and I was like, oh my god. This there's so much cocaine in the 70s. And that's a song that you listen to and you're like, yep, that was there's cocaine. There's coke. That sounds like that's what cocaine sounds like. Um, (laughs) actually, what that sounded like is like a really horrible phone sex operator that charge only charges like 80 cents a minute or something. (laughs) The the discount one, Uh, yeah, where she's like, I'm Cherry and I'm so lonely. You should call me and we'll have some fun. And then she said. Oh yeah, baby, just like that. Mm-hmm. Take oh, me now, yes. you prancing pony. Yes. More, more, uh, more. Yes. How do you like Spank- it? How do you How like, do you like it? it? How do you like it? Spank me with a salmon. Okay. Uh, bye. This is us. <laughs> <that's- laughs> Earth, wind, and fire. Boogie Wonderland. There, there, we, yeah, go. there we go. I, I our like socials that are not still not saying our website. Uh, <laughs> um, and that—that's another to make yeah. out a hallmark. God, I hope Bob doesn't listen to this episode. Um, how about the weather girls? It's raining men. Absolutely. You, you kind of have to. I mean, it's, and, it's a staple. 
inclusion in that does facilitate another fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. The song was written by two men, Paul Jabari and Paul Schaefer. I that I actually knew. Yes, yes, that Paul Schaefer. The same. Uh, up next, I've got uh, Wild Cherry play that funky music. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's and pretty. To long. show you that there have always been um, tight asses. Do you know that there were radio stations that played an edited version that took out White Boy? Are you serious? Really? Yeah. Like Ugh. who? Who do you think? Who was offended by that? Who? Who was what? offended by play that funky music? White Boy. White Boy. Yeah. And I doubled up one more time to close out my list of twenty, and I think these are probably my, my top two. You can't do a disco list if you don't include the Bee Gees. And I've got Staying Alive, which you can say you don't like it. You're a liar. It's an undeniably fantastic, groovy, just killer song. And uh, I think the one I would maybe put number one because, oh, God, they're so close. But you know what? I, but the other one for me is Night Fever. Really? Okay, fair. Now, I, I would note, Neither of those is my favorite Bee Gees song. That would be um, How Deep Is Your Love. That's I don't consider song. that a disco song. No, but it's a great song. It's a fantastic song. So that is my list. All right. Yeah. Cool. And we got to all hear right. disco text in the sex so list, and I think we're all richer, better people for it. All right. Who do you want to go next, T? Uh, why, don't, why don't you get, go next? All right. So uh, I was bestowed something that I, I vaguely knew. And uh, I, I checked with Mr. Thrill, and he said that it is a pretty good list. So I'm going to say, okay. yay, I don't think I failed completely at this. I think I was but, a consultant on this one. But I was given metal or hair bands, too. Hard rock, hair bands, metal. Hard rock, heavy metal. Yeah, any, anything yeah, that, that, that fits in that general now, category. Now, I don't have a specific, like, list of, like, 1 to 20. So, I mean, I, I think... If you listen to this podcast, you probably know which one's my favorite one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys speculate. But my first choice was Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Absolutely. I mean, classic. Um, my next one was Metallica with Inter Sandman. Fantastic one. Good one. And then uh, this is the one I texted you about because I wasn't sure if it was acceptable, but I chose Poison Fallen Angel. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I think that we'll allow it. Sure. Okay. Cool. Because that's. I think that I don't think you could not say Poison was a hard rock band. I love Poison. Right? I think that they're great. And I, in fact, uh, I love. Number one, I love that he's an advocate for diabetes, and yep. he's had a lot of health problems, but he still is just like one of those guys in rock that you look at and you totally respect. Like he, I know he did have like that that ridiculous. Uh, tv show rock of love which you but like, enjoyed but i loved that show it was <laughs> it was trash but it was my trash um hey, I, I, all i have to say is cc pick yeah. up that guitar and talk <laughs> play <laughs> all right then i have acdc which is one of my favorites with black and black yes good one that is uh, i mean that's uh well we discussed that that album was what the one of the top five selling albums in the history of the world it's it number, number two, two i believe yeah. it's number two of all time that's that's amazing that 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 band i, I yep. mean which i i mean i, I love acdc but that they were able to bring and they didn't compromise at all no, no they, they brought people to 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 hard rock and heavy metal and they're a great band i love them yep. good pick and then uh guns and roses november rain okay hard rock yeah 
Then I went with Kiss, Detroit Rock City. I could have mm-hmm. gone with Beth because I actually prefer that song oh. over Detroit Rock City, but I, I went with Detroit Rock City. I can't stand that song. I hate it so much. I love Beth. It's so sweet. Uh, there's a reason why Peter Chris doesn't write more songs. That's it. <laughs> and then I went with something kind of left field that maybe a lot, like, I don't know if a lot of people remember well i mean i fit pretty like once i say the band's name you're like oh yeah i remember them but like do you think about them often which would be corn not since the 90s ended but sure yeah and i i I had chosen one of two songs which is freak on a leash or adidas i loved it i loved adidas then i had nine nine inch nails with closer because i can't hard industrial industrial kind of industrial hard rock uh, yeah stuff but yeah but yeah that that completely qualifies all right then i picked another acdc song because you did say we could pick two yep. and that one was highway to hell Go with bond huh yeah uh, one with bond and it was part it's a very integral part of one of my favorite franchises of films and that's the final destination series so i i what, gotta go with highway to hell what what I, I just a raw nasty guitar scorcher that song is yes it's great it is. and and bond's vocals are just so unbelievable he's bond, man he's awesome now my next choice if anybody tells me i can't pick this i will point to an article basically stating that this band has one of the greatest guitarists of all time and that is spinal tap with big bottom Nigel Tufnell. Yes. Yes. He's not even a real person and he made the list. He made the top 100. <laughs> the great. top 100 of best guitarists of all time. Um, and then because it's technically Ozzy, not Black Sabbath, I went with Crazy Train. That's that. That's fine. And not uh, again, pick. we want to start t- talking about uh, phenomenal guitar players. You've got to put Randy on there. Yes. And our, we, we need to have an episode about him in the future. That we do that, but but just listen, just listen to how intricate that guitar work is on that. It's oh, not just insane. mindless shredding. It's it's it's. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. It's gorgeous. It's, I mean, it's 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 just it's unbelievable. He was a, what a what a loss that was. Jeez. See, I thought you would have went with Mama Come Coming Home, but I I think it's beautiful. But if we're going like song. if we're going heavy, definitely have to go with Crazy Train. All right, so my next one is Blur with Song 2. It's like alternative hard rock, yeah. Yes. Uh, and Blur I, was did, such a weird band because they had some stuff that was would I, it, that if you'd picked a couple of them, I would have just gone, no. You'll <laughs> need to pick something else. That, that one clearly qualifies. Well, yeah, because you said songs, not bands. Right, and it's because like they're, and early in their existence, am I wrong? They were basically a boy band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. And then they did song number two, which completely kicks ass. All right. And the next one I'm going to pick, and the reason why I picked it is because this is like one of those few moments where I can let my fandom seep out and say that this is for all the SPN fams, which is the supernatural people. Mm-hmm. I chose Kansas with Carrie on my wayward son. Okay. Uh, it might not seem like the hardest rock. But it absolutely friggin' is. And if you could have hard rock with a violinist, you, you've done something incredible. <laughs> uh, then I went with Led Zeppelin and Cashmere. Mm-hmm. Nice. One, one, one of your 10 favorite songs ever, you claimed, during our John Bonham episode. Yes, it is. It absolutely still is. Um, I, it's Okay, 
you know, we talked about what's on our, maybe this could be another slap nuts is like what's on like our top 10 songs on our workout list. That is on my, my workout list. Well, uh, for, for Will and I, it's both uh, it's, uh, Huey Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you do. All right. Then I went with Smashing Pumpkins, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Oh, that's a killer song. It's a good one. And then I had to do this because of my love of my husband. And if I don't put this on the list, I will be bemissed, bemused, befuddled, but whatever is Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> it's our song. That is sure. our song. And if you're wondering why that's our song, we'll tell you at another date. We, we, will, um, tell you, we will tell you that story in the future. <laughs> is that your 20? No, it's not. I'm still, I've got still more. Um, okay, okay. This is, a, if you guys can't guess, this is actually probably my favorite song on the list other than anything by ACDC, which is Bob O'Reilly by The Who. Fair. White they're, they're unquestionably a, a hard rock band. Yeah no, no, yeah, no doubt. The Who is the hard rock band. They, they, they're one, of, be kind of one of the inventors of the art form, yes, honestly. Absolutely. And to watch them live was an effing treat that I will remember till the day I pass. Uh, imagine, if you could have, imagine if you could have seen them with the uh, moon the loon. Oh, God. Jeez. Oh, All right. Then I have White Zombie, More Human Than Human. That's a good one. Okay. Now, now uh, Will Thrill, that was your first concert, correct? My first concert was a White Zombie concert. It was the Astro Creep Tour as well. With that, oh, wow. That song. Yeah, it was that. That was the, I think, the uh, main single off that album. Okay. Now, if, okay, Will, if you were going to pick, if you were going to put, put one zombie song on uh, which one would you have picked uh probably thunder kiss 65 thunder kiss yep yep, yep, yep i, I me mean too. yeah it's it's hard to go against that uh i mean i but, love dragula but that's kind of overplayed or electric electric head part two is a good one as well but i'd have to yeah. go thunder kiss yeah i think i think i would do yeah and uh we have our only female on the list with lita ford's kiss yes, me deadly yes lita yes and then my final one, I had to give it up to the OGs, the grandpas, the guys who have are the spine of rock. I got it to the kinks with You Really Got Me. Hey, kind of inventing the distorted guitar sound. Exactly. In many they, ways. Like we, we just need to have like a side conversation about the kinks because they've had such an influence on the history of rock. Yes, that, that they I, I, I completely, I completely agree with you. Absolutely, and they hated each other, and they despised <laughs> one another. To, Couldn't be the same to the point that right. when they're uh, one point they like weren't allowed in this country or something. They got banned from a lot of places. Yeah. Um. So okay, real quick, I meant to say this at the end of mine. Were there any glaring omissions from my disco list? Anybody that y'all something you would have included that I did not? I, disco Inferno. I, I would have. I would have done Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Oh, what a night. Okay, I don't know how the Tramps Disco Inferno was not on my list because I swear I thought I had it there. That, that'd and be I'm the one I call out, and it wasn't, and it wasn't. I, I, I don't know how I, I intended for that to be on there, but it, you also missed Funky Town. Lip sync. Yeah. Lip sync. <laughs> yep, I, I left off lip sync. You're mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, no. That. But but what what am I missing? What what hold did I fill? For uh, me. Oh, good. No, I was just gonna say for me, I, the only a couple I, I would have included that you didn't. I would probably have got Living Color on my list. Okay. Cult of Personality, probably. Okay. Uh, I would have. I think I would have gone doubled up on Sabbath and probably put War Pigs. You know, I was gonna put War Pigs up, but the thing was that I really did want to, and this is this is an internal struggle that I had. I really did want to include Corn, 
because yeah. that was one of those bands that like came onto the scene and Jonathan like just tore the scenery down. Like he's a great vocalist. And uh, I thought that their writing style was really cool. Like you won't find a breed like them kind of any later than corn. Like they're one of the later heavy metal, hard rock guys. Uh, so I, I did want to do that for kind of like the tail end of the era when it came to yeah. that kind of music. Um, and Adidas was a banger. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, War Pigs is just, if, if like, if somebody asked me, well, what, what is heavy metal? I think that's what I would play them. <laughs> I think, I, I think that's the, the song that I would play them. I um, will I, say. I, I obviously, I obviously would have put Van Halen on the list. Um, yeah. And maybe gotten Aerosmith. I, I will say one thing about War Pigs is that, uh, the message if if you if you go to a a karaoke bar and you think i should sing war pigs you should grab your stuff and go it goes on forever it yeah. goes on for like yeah don't yeah, 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 don't, do don't that. that is that is one of those karaoke faux pas that you should never ever commit but what what a musical and lyrical masterpiece that thing is oh absolutely absolutely but yeah no yeah don't don't sing that that for god's sake yeah. uh and probably I, I think i might would have gotten a police song on there but other but your list was good thank you now uh i did only for will's list am i going to <laughs> invoke this the, this rule why don't you first of all will let us know what you got and then i implemented this rule and and will understands why i'm doing this now i will but i will just add one glaring omission to your metal list and i okay. feel like at the minimum you would have to put on symphony of destruction by megadeth okay yeah. i mean um, you, you told ooh. me that was one of the big five but i never really big listened four. to megadeth yeah. i know because yeah. i know it's judas priest uh it's metallica megadeth and well it's metallica megadeth uh -huh. slayer anthrax those are the yeah. big four okay oh yeah. or or you know or you know who else you what else you could have put well, on there Winger for, for for Megadeth, I, I probably would have quit if you had put Winger on your hard rock. <laughs> um, no, another no the, the um another one we could you could have put for Megadeth and and well I want to know what you think about this one. How about Peace Cells? I was gonna say Peace Cells is good, but I, I'd actually go a little bit maybe that, that base day, that or... base part at the start though. Yeah, Ooh. but Symphony of Destruction I think is like the iconic Megadeth metal song. That, like that's that, probably my yeah. favorite one of theirs. Yeah, yeah, uh, but the maybe, and maybe. Maybe I would have squeezed Faith No More on there too. I would say Faith or Pantera, Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, uh, Far Beyond Driven. Yeah, any any of those have been your choices too. You only let me have twenty. I know, but you only <laughs> had twenty, so it's only so much you can do. All right, so we're all off right. to my list. So you want yep, to tell them? You? you want to you, you want to tell them what I'm going to be doing? Uh, I think you're adding an additional a few slots to my list. Is that correct? No. For every song that you give, I'm going to tat you with a different song from that show that I thought you should have picked. I think that's fair, but I, I think we will agree on many of these. And as we go through them, you'll find that there are obviously more than one options. And okay. And then we'll tell them what your subject was. Yeah. So, so let's go with that. So I, I see the video, which is pretty much how this concept was revealed to me of TJ pulling genres out of a hat. And uh, I got show tunes. Now I know what you're thinking. Everyone's like, oh no, LD didn't get show tunes. But remember that I grew up in the New York area. My parents made it a priority to take me to the theater. So when I went through this list, I gave myself four rules. One, no cats. I'm sorry, that show sucks. No <laughs> cats. Not going to happen. Two, Fine. 
Okay. I, I focused for the most part on shows that I've seen. There are a few that made this list that I have not seen, but I have at least heard the music from. Three, I know TJ, you allowed us some leeway with duplicates, but I went zero duplicates. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep, none. Now, I do have a couple repeat creators, e.g., the great Stephen Sondheim, but how can you cover Broadway and not mention Sondheim? Did more you than just, once? wait, 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 wait. Did you just shorten ergo? Yes, I did. E.g., which is the same amount of syllables? I, I, it, I've never heard it spoken. Um, I've only <sighs> seen it written. Anyway, um, and then, and then the fourth is actually a discussion that LD and I had that I would encourage you to explore a bit. LD brought this up, and I thought it's a great thing. And that's if you could play any Broadway role in history, what would you pick? Now, again, it doesn't matter what your aptitude is. Just by saying it, you now have the ability to play it and play it really well. You will deliver the one of the best performances of that role ever. So the question is, what role would you select? I will reveal my choices at the end and jump into my list. So here we go with 20 songs from the Great White Way. And this is in no particular order. So okay. I started with- I'm going I'm to give you tip for tat, okay? Fair enough. Starting with A Bronx Tale, and I'm going with one of the great ones. It's a great song. So that, no argument, that's a, right? That's actually would be my pick. Mm-hmm. And we, of course, covered that in our episode on Nick Cordero, the late Nick Cordero, whose passing was extremely tragic, but one of the great ones. It almost has like a Billy Joel vibe to it, which yes. is why I think I like it. Plus, I like A Bronx Tale. It was a one-man show. It became a movie. And so, you know, I haven't seen it, though. I, I want to. Second one I have seen, that is, of course, Hamilton, because Hamilton. Yep. Yeah, there are a lot of choices here. Oh, my goodness. Where to go? But I went with one of my favorites because everything is legal in New Jersey, and that is <laughs> the Ten Dual Commandments. I actually went with Burn or Satisfied or Guns also and Ships great. or the Battle of Yorktown or Blow Them All Away or, or the entire first act or, or Live Who Dies Who <laughs> Tells Your Story or One Last Time. Actually, yeah, no, let's go. Yeah, that's it. For me, one last time. Fair Always, enough. I've watched that show probably 20 times on Disney Plus, and we've seen it once in the theaters. And every time I see that that one song, I cry. My, my thing with 10 Dual Commandments is it actually brings up the idea of it wasn't just back in the day, people drawing out guns and shooting each other. There were rules you had to follow. And there so were like 88 highlights rules. these rules. Yeah, so, <laughs> it wasn't great, just great 10. There. there was like 88 of them. They focused on 10. Yep. Uh, next, I'm going with a classic. And I think, uh, TJ, you may, this may have entered even your zeitgeist. And that is the Book of Mormon by the creators of South Park. Uh, that's the first thing you said yet that I've. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, absolutely fantastic musical. And I think if we were to force TJ to go to musical, we'd pick this one or one other on my list, which we'll get to. But mm-hmm. Book of Mormon, absolutely hysterical. I don't think I've ever laughed except for the other show that I'm going to mention that openly at a theater production before. Absolutely amazing. But I kind of stole this from ULD. There's a lot of choices. I'm going with, I believe. Okay. I would have chosen Hasa Diga Ibawai. It's <laughs> a good one. Probably. I'm not going to tell you the translation because it's yep. not family nope. friendly. It is definitely not family friendly. Um, but I can't think of another Broadway show that ends with the line, I still have maggots in my scrotum. <laughs> so there you go. Actual, actual last line of the show. Actual last line. Next, we come to LD. You and I are going to fight on this one. The Jonathan Larson classic, Rent. So what did I okay. go with? Yeah, you you bet. You know what the right answer is. I actually changed my answer. Did you? I did. I think Seasons of Love is an obvious choice, and it's a great song. Beautiful song. I think it's undeniable. But 
I'm going with my personal favorite because hearkening back to that first question, what is one of the roles I'd like to play on Broadway? I'm going with Mark and my song of choice is going to be the Tango Maureen. Oh, okay. That's a good one. I would have gone with Will I or or Out Tonight, which is like my go-to karaoke song other than salt and Peppa's, you know. Take Me or Leave Me is a great choice, too. Take Me or Leave Me is a great song. Uh, you really Absolutely. get to show your 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 vibrata on that song. Like, those are some just go- great, great. Yeah, but the dynamic of the duet in Tango Maureen is just priceless. It's so good. Uh, coming up to my next pick, I'm going to go with again, TJ, this one is probably on your radar as well. Guys and Dolls. It's a classic. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh good. He's still awake. Okay, yeah, excellent. Still awake. <laughs> no, I, I just, I have, yes, oh, I'm, I'm quite awake. I have zero thing. I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Guys and Dolls is, of course, a, a classic. Fair. Sinatra was in the film, I believe. Um, and there's a lot of choices here, too. Um, Sue Me, Oldest Reliable Crap Game. Uh, but I, I'm going with the one that is clearly the standout, and that is Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat. Marry the Man Today. It's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. Also, uh, Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat was redone by Sammy Hagar. No, Don Henley. Don Henley. Yeah, no, Hunt, you're yeah, right. Yeah. It's Don Henley. Yeah. They used to play that all the time at that crappy radio station that TJ used to work at. <laughs> That's a good song, though. I it believe it was on the- Could you be more specific? <laughs> was uh, it on not, the soundtrack? Not, not the one that actually got uh, destroyed by crackheads taking down the tower. Not that one. Okay. <laughs> a that fitting one. end to the place. Uh, so guys and dolls i'm going with sit down you're rocking the boat next up is chicago chicago okay all right i just can't get away from the obvious one because it is so amazing cell block tango roxy hart roxy hart's good they both reach for the gun both reach for the gun is good i mean even mr cellophane is good um but cell block tango to me is what i mean that is that show if you had to sum it up in a single song it's cell block tango Next one is the one I would think TJ might enjoy, and that is, of course, Avenue Q, because you got Puppets and Gary Coleman. Yep. So, yep. Win puppets, puppets and Gary Coleman. It's like Muppets and Gary Coleman from the 1980s. And, and the Tonys don't lie. I believe it won, didn't it? It did actually win for Best <laughs> Musical. Tony. Avenue Q is a blast. Uh, again, a lot of good choices here. I went with Schadenfreude. That's a that's a that's a funny one. That is a, a very, very funny. Actually, if you want to go more tender, there's a fine, fine line. Is probably one of my favorite songs. It's more heartfelt than "F You, Lady." That's what stairs are for. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, but um, yes, shouting for you, great one. Next, um, I think we're gonna contest on this one too. Great Stephen Sondheim. We have Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Oh, very nice. Now, start is it my to finish. Friend? Is it great my friend? Music. Oh, it's not my friend. That is uh... a great song, but I went with. Little priest. little priest yep. yeah i knew it nailed yep. it hey it was angela lansbury so heck yeah it wrong. was nope we're gonna move down the list a little bit to my fair lady and what many people consider a classic musical and just the whimsical on the street where you live there's something very just i think relatable about that and the way it's delivered is just perfect and my fair lady is you know in a way timeless it's an adaptation of dude rex, rex harrison, rex harrison yeah. is just he cannot sing to save his life and so he's just like why can't the english teach their children to speak and you like, knew how to navigate not... the song like sinatra <laughs> it's he's he's the worst i would not have cast him and apparently he was a nightmare to work with from what i understand he became even more of a nightmare from what i understand on the set of dr doolittle <laughs> 
and also the film of my fair lady is like three hours long i was like yes it is it does not stop ah Moving on to the number 10 spot, I'm going with Jesus Christ Superstar, a musical that many know. There are so many choices here. So many choices. And all of them, I think, vocally challenging. I did have an original pick, but LD, you know, I called an audible. Yep. I'm actually going to opt for the Mary Magdalene ballad, I Don't Know How to Love Him. I, I, the only one that I would fight you for would be King Herod's song that was my other choice because it's so good and if you see it's each production is its own beast and the three different versions that i've seen have all been wildly different interpreted in crazily different ways and all of them have been incredibly entertaining like it's you have to have a a good king herod but yes no if you that song is i don't know how to love him is vocally one of the hardest songs to sing in that entire show, except for uh, Hosanna, which I think is a very hard song to sing. But it's with Mary Magdalene, you actually have to have this balance between, um, you know, what they thought in the church as, you know, a prostitute. Mm. She had not, when when he wrote this, I don't think that she had been absolved of that. And so he still took on that that mantle of that she was a, a lady of the night. And so you have to take a very careful balance between lover and sinner with that. Correct. And you have to know how to, to do it. And if done correctly, it is incredibly beautiful. It is a very thoughtful and emotional song. And this brings me to a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Because we are a rock podcast, I do need to tie this back somehow. One of my choices was actually Gethsemane. Uh, the song sung by the character of Jesus in the garden, the titular garden there. Right. And that role was actually played by Deep Purple's Ian Gillian. Interesting. I did not know that. Which version? The original Broadway? Uh, Well, he was in Britain, so it was overseas. Okay, West End? I assume West End, yeah. Okay. But he was part of that recording, obviously known for Deep Purple, but he actually did a standout version of Gethsemane. So if you can get your hands on it, it's, it's a stellar recording, so... There you go, Ian Gillian from Deep Purple. Okay. Next up, nod to LD, and I don't think you're going to argue with me on this one. We're going to go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. (laughs) How can you not pick Sweet Transvestite? I'm sorry. It's because you pick Touch Me, because that's the best song in the show, other than Whatever Happened to Saturday Night, because that was sung by the immortal Meatloaf. But Sweet Transvestite was Tim Curry. I know. Yeah. I, I know, but we have a lot of you know like we don't get to see meatloaf in a lot of musicals that is so, true that is true tim curry he even did movies with puppets so and i mean tim curry i mean you're, you're you're asking me if i want cake or pie like, <laughs> it's both sweet and i will put both of them in my mouth hang on let me rephrase that nope you know yeah, what hello. let's just move hello. on let's <laughs> just keep it where it is moving on move on there is a a show that ld and i have talked at length about what we would want to see the original cast of and we did see the intact original cast of one show further down on my list here but that show was decidedly before you say this i think our audience needs to know that kids if mama ld could see an original original broadway cast of literally any show but she had to take a human life to do it i would have blood on my hands (laughs) because this is the show because specifically because of the person we just talked about. Yep, it is the show Spamalot. 
um, fantastic musical. So a lot good. of choices here, but I'm going with the song that was originally performed by Frasier's David Hyde Pierce. And later on by Clay Aiken, and which by Clay we Aiken. saw. He did a great job. And that is, you won't succeed on Broadway, parentheses, if you don't have any Jews. <laughs> I would have... Uh, I would have picked the song that goes like this because it is, you know, into opera, but uh, the Knights of the Round Table is also good. It's just, this is, this is I love this show. It, front and back. Like, I don't, I, we went to go see this on Broadway. No, we saw it. Yes, we did. We saw it on Broadway. We saw it on Broadway, yeah. And uh, when we saw it, I have never seen Will crying from laughing as hard as he was. That's the other show, yep. He was, he was Hysterical. just- Hysterical. He was laughing and weeping and doing the. Ah, 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 I like, couldn't breathe at times. It, yeah, there were just because it's just it, it doesn't stop. It's joke after joke after joke. And God bless you, Eric Idle. I love you. <laughs> and we've seen it. We've actually seen it twice at this point because we saw it in New York with Clay Aiken and then we saw it again out here in Los Angeles. And I actually have a photo, which maybe I'll post on social media with Eric Idle at that show and a giant can of spam. Yes. And that is actually the other title role that I would want to play. If given the opportunity, I would pick Arthur from Spamalot. I made a list. I made a list of people I want to play. <laughs> and as we, as we get into the, the back nine, if you will, here, we'll pick up pace a little bit. Uh, next one, Into the Woods. Great choices here. I think I know, LD, where you're going. I went with Giants in the Sky. No one is alone. Great song. Next, we come to Les Miserables. Uh, obviously a musical that most people know. A lot of choices here as well. I'm going with Master of the House. Little people. That's a good one too. Little Often fall of overlooked. rain. Empty chairs at empty tables. I'm <laughs> just here for the playlist, baby. Yeah, exactly. Woo! <laughs> Next, we go to the classic from the stories from the flights that were diverted on 9-11, Come From Away. I'm going to take the opening number, Welcome to the Rock. Uh, by far, I do love that song, but by far, my favorite song off that entire album is a song called Me in the Sky. So that's a good one too. And it Captain. is, it's, I'm not kidding. I was listening to it while I was doing my run today and I was crossing the street and she actually says the line, the thing that I love the most was turned into a weapon. She, she, she's singing about the planes mm -hmm. and I, it's just something hit me. I just middle of the street, just like four, four lane street, like a block from where we live. And I'm just in the middle of this four lane street, just openly crying <laughs> and running and just, it's such a great show. And it's available on Apple Plus, correct? It is available on Apple yep, Plus. Please it see it. It is it's ninety some odd minutes, no intermission with the show, uh, but it is absolutely gorgeous. Next is a show I have not seen, but I've heard the music. Big fan because I'm a big fan of the subject. That subject is, of course, Bill Shakespeare. The song the play is something rotten. The song I chose is hard to be the bard. It's I'm not going to argue with that one. Yeah. That's actually a great one. choice. And Christian Borle is amazing. He, he nails it. He nails it. Nails it. Next one, TJ, this is in more in your wheelhouse. We've got, who's Tommy? Okay. You finally got, yes. <laughs> yeah. The second one that I've actually heard second of. Second one you've heard of. Um, huh? I am going with the, of course, the pretty much title song, not in name, but in subject, and that's Pinball Wizard. I mean. If I have to pick, if I have to go against Wizard. you, if I have to go against you in something, it would have to be Acid Queen, because that's Tina Turner, or Smash the Mirror. Either Smash the Mirror is really good. Yeah. Smash the Mirror is really good. Next up, we have a, I believe, Elton John, Tim Rice collaboration, Aida. Is that correct? Oh, I love Aida so yeah. much and no one else cares. Kind of got overlooked. <laughs> yeah. Um, great song. I'm going with a duet. And that is, of course, The Doomed Lovers. Written, written in the Stars. In the stars. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not. Uh, okay. If I have to argue with you, I would have to go to my other go to karaoke song, and that is My Strongest Suit. 
Written in the Stars is so great, though. Written in the Stars really is a good one. beautiful song. We're down to the bottom two here, folks. And this is a show that we have seen and seen the entire original cast featuring Jeremy Woo! Jordan. That is Newsies. A lot of choices here. I went with Seize the Day. I, I'd i have to go King of New York. Sorry. Okay. Also, also like if if I get a choice to play Catherine, I, I'd have to say, watch what happens. Like that's Which is really, also a good one. Yeah. Final choice. I'm going back to the great late Stephen Sondheim company. And I picked this because it's been performed by just a battery of fantastic actresses. Uh, I'm not getting married. Including Madeline Kahn. The impeccable Madeline Kahn, yes. Who does it? Yeah, Yeah. it's the breath work that is necessary to pull that off is- It's bonkers. You have to to be elite for that. Like Mm -hmm. you have to be gold star A1 better than everybody else to pull that vocally off. And I I will go ahead and say this. I'm sorry, Sonan. I hate company with a (laughs) passion. The passion of a thousand burning suns because they wanted us to do the the Bobby Baby song in Not Your Mama's Broadway. And just hearing it over and over and over again, I'm just like, please, just, I don't, I need, I, 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 I would rather go eat at Arby's. This is oh, not, geez. yeah, that's how much I despise company. Um, but then uh, you have a little side quest uh, on your list, don't you, honey? I have a few additives, yes. Okay, you want to explain what those are? LD's choice picks. We'll throw out five of them that she was wanted to include. And I I did not, by the way, that's the conclusion of my list. 20, no repeats. Here are some that LD want to include. I'll just go through these real quick. From Bullets Over Broadway, we have the hot dog song. Because it's art. It's damn art. From Nine to Five, Shine Like the Sun. Inspirational. Yes. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen, Sincerely Me. Because it's fun. I would also... have picked You Will Be Found, but okay. Totally, totally fine. Totally. It's a great song. <laughs> from the show that's not a show, but that is going to be a show from what I understand, uh, Bombshell, we have Let Me Be Your Star. Yes. If you guys know the TV show Smash, from what I understand, it's actually going to Broadway. They're adapting it. So yeah. they're going to be adapting it. And by the way, I literally... If you follow me on my personal TikTok, which is Lindley is Mildly Funny, uh, you can see that I uh, do stitched a video from Megan Hilty about that show, which was just shut up and take my money. <laughs> I will give you all, I will give you my social security number so you can open up more credit cards to use. <laughs> That's how much I need to see this show. And the last one is we know Lynn Manuel Miranda for In the Heights. We know him for Hamilton. We know him for Tick Tick Boom. Most people forget about Bring Out the Musical, but not LD. And that's why LD included Killer Instinct from the, let's say, less glamorous outing for Lin-Manuel Miranda, the Bring It On adaptation of, okay. to a Broadway musical. Okay, so when I actually got to meet Lin-Manuel Miranda, everything intelligent that I ever had to say to him bottlenecked inside of my throat. So when I had an opportunity to say something to him, all that came out was the smallest, dumbest thing I could have said, which is I love you so much. I even saw Bring It On. (laughs) He was surprised. He gave me just a, like his eyebrows could not have been more separated because one was so high and the other one was so low. He just gave me the look. But yeah, so that's, I'm sorry. This is, you guys know that this is a, a thing that's very near and dear to my heart. I absolutely love Broadway musicals. And it's kind of like, you know, TJ and Will knowing 
what I missed on the, the metal list, it's I will know what's missing on the, the, the Broadway list. But nonetheless, that is my 20. Uh, so, TJ, that's that what you drew for me. That's mission accomplished. I yes, think. that was great. Exactly the ones I would have picked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I, I want to hear what, what TJ would have said about your answer uh, to the what Broadway show character would he have liked to have played? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a list of uh, dream roles, and uh, these are not in any why don't, order. Why don't, you just, why don't you just have me do, like, quadratic equations out loud? <laughs> I, could, I could knock that out just as easily okay so i picked uh five different dream roles that i have and they're not delegated to just the feminine gender uh my first role would be elder price from book of mm -hmm. mormon i would love to play that you get to have so many wonderful comedic moments the next one has always been since 1996 has been my dream role and that is maureen in rent uh, the next one I chose is Velma Kelly from Chicago, but I do not have the dance moves for it, so I will keep dreaming. The next one, literally, we just talked about it, which is I would love to play Jack Kelly from the Newsies. Hmm. Look at me. I'm the king of New York. Actually, he doesn't sing that. He's not in that one. Uh, he's in the, the next one. And then I think the dream role of all dream roles, because I feel like this is one I could actually land, would be Janet from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hmm. that's my list of dream roles that I just literally keep on my phone at all times. I think I'd like to be uh, like a monkey from uh, the Lion King or something. You could do good. it. You could do or, it. Or Wicked, you could be a flying monkey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, flying monkey sounds even better. Yeah. See, not just a monkey. You could be a flying monkey. All right. Okay, all right. that was uh, those were good lists, I thought. We had uh, uh, one additional thing that was going to be a little game show. I'm going to propose we maybe do that on our next Lap Nuts. Yeah, let's we, do that. We've, we've been talking a while. <laughs> yeah. Been, this is almost three hours. I think the people have, have have. I think the folks have had a belly full of us, and they'd like us to stop talking. <laughs> yep, probably. Um, yeah. So, just to wrap up, any thoughts that we have? If you guys uh, have any kind of input on anything that we were talking about today, which is theme songs, uh, be them instrumental only or with vocals, let us know. If you have your favorite moment from award shows. Heck, post them on our Facebook. We would love to see those. And if you are weighing in on anything that any of us missed on our list, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that are going to be saying, well, Lindley forgot this. LD forgot this. LD forgot that. LD should have included this because I know I'm the worst. Um, but you can do that over on our socials. So if you think that we're doing an awesome job and want to throw some money in our tip jar, you can do that at uh, patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven you can check us out at twitter at rock and roll lt our instagram is rock and roll heaven lt facebook rock and roll heaven pod still not saying our website and you can check us out on tiktok where we're doing all of our fun facts over there fun and facts. then and that is at rock and roll heaven pod and when you're putting that in uh, don't put any spaces in it's just r-o-c-k-a-n-d-r-o-l-l-h-e-a-v-e-n-p-o-d just like that it's the same as our, the, the picture is the same as our podcast uh, graphics. So shouldn't be too hard to find. It's the bright red uh, sugar skull. And you can also email us at rockandrollheavenlt at gmail.com. And please make sure while you're at it to check out all the other awesome Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com. So for final thoughts, T, do you have any any final thoughts? Um, but I, I actually forgot one thing from considerably earlier I, I did want to mention real quick okay i i was going to mention as 
an honorable mention in um, the our TV theme songs with um, lyrics. Um, and the reason that didn't make my list officially is because and this the, the thought, Jeff, try to follow me here. It wasn't really a TV show, and it wasn't really the theme song to said t- uh, not TV show. How okay. about Aerosmith, Wayne, and Garth with the Wayne's World theme? <laughs> TV show within a TV show. I mean, it's it's uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> because the actual theme song was just Wayne and Garth going Wayne's World, Wayne's World. But what you, if you'll remember, they they actually did one with Aerosmith. Now, if you want to get. Again, again, this is going to go way over TJ's head because he doesn't have internet. But any theme song from WandaVision, fake show within a real show. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> Groovy. Um, actually, I did have something to mention while we were at it. We did actually have a passing uh, that literally happened while we were recording, which is this is Tuesday, April the 5th. And that is Bobby Rydell, 60s Teen Idol and Bye Bye Birdie Star. Passed oh, away wow. at 79 today. So rest well, sir. It is really sad. Um, all right, Mr. Hickey, do you have any? Do you have any? Uh, any passing thoughts? Uh, no, that was quite a ride. Covered a lot, and uh, we'll get back to Michael Jackson part 276 on the next episode. All right. Well, TJ, do you have something that you would like to say to the audience? Bye, everybody. And Mr. Will the Thrill. I already spoke. Oh, okay. All right. You don't you don't want to say goodbye to everyone? Are you I just did. Gonna be, I just okay. did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fine. If you want to be like that. Uh, all right. So to wrap up the show, I'm going to nerd out because it's very, very rare that I get to play musicals on this podcast. And so uh, what I would like to do is actually close out with, tell you what, honey, pick the show and I'll pick the song. Any show? Any of the shows on your list? Oh, geez. Uh, I have a, I have Newsies in mind, but. Okay, you have Newsies? Um, we can go Newsies. That's fine. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so to close out our show, since I do get to so rarely flex my nerd muscles when it comes to Broadway musicals, we're actually going to end the show tonight with the Newsies and seize the day. Good night, and I love you all. By minute, that's how you win it. We will find a way, but let us seize the day. Courage cannot erase our fear. Courage is when we face our fear. Stand side by side, too few in number and too proud to hide. Then say to the others who did not follow through, You're still our brothers, and we will fight for you. Now is 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 